Welcome to another edition of Mass Bats and Mayhem. I am your host, the outlaw, Ali Red. You can also uh, find me on Twitter at JustinHarvey75 because that's my shoot name. I guess that doesn't really work when I have my handle and but my shoot name is my actual Twitter. I don't know. I give up trying to trying to please people, man. Um, what's up? We're joined again by uh, Byron. What Byron up? Harris, Byron Fever, at Byron Fever. You can Byron Fever. talk to him if you really want to. Then How are you Twitter, feeling? Are you Snapchat. I am sick. I've been coughing my head off for what seems like days. This uh, is what happens when you stay up in the wee hours of the morning trying to watch shit that's happening live in Japan, dude. That's what happened. I was, I was sick beforehand, and I did it anyway, and uh, I feel... Actually, I've been coughing a lot worse ever since, but it's fine because I saw Omega and Okada in the best Great, wrestling we'll get to match. That. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Of don't, all don't, time. that, 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 that. Don't, don't, get, get, get. We'll get to it. 23 There's stars. There's times. There's time. There's time. Hold on. I got hey, guess who's back? Show. We don't need to worry about this guy. So what did you guess think of, back. what did you think of MMA, Justin? Boy, it was great. MMA is back. I liked MMA this week. How's it going? I'm coming from the UK. Stop talking. It's not me, Meatloaf. <laughs> You're not Meatloaf. You could never be Meatloaf. You're a, a, at best a second caliber replacement for Meatloaf. Oh. Hi, guys. How's it going? I'm done. Hey. Hi. I, I'm Casey at Lucha Gringo, a.k.a. Bionic. Casey with the Bionic elbow, if you will. If oh, you he's got a bicycle. I love it. Hey, I'm rocking. Uh, this is a gift from Will's Perduty, the last uh, Christmas gift I got, and uh, oh. it's a new flask. It's kind of it's kind of dusty-ish. That's why I figured I'd bring it out. The polka dots. Back the polka dots. Hey, what I do you got? I only drink out of drinkware that supports the Triple M show. Uh, check it out. If you didn't order it, you fucked up because there there's no more. It's too late. Maybe next time, chumps. <clears throat> that mug is actually pretty dope. That might be the dopest thing I think I've seen our, our logo on. This is this is what we need to get our logo on next. <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> because you started buying merch, right? It's yeah. the perfect. It's the perfect partner. Yeah, I heard. Because. I heard W already bought her a shirt. That's great. Uh. Thank, thanks for the support, W. What are you talking about? Mac Jackson is the perfect partner. Matt Jackson? Yeah. What about Nick Jackson? No. Well, I mean, he's the perfect partner. Matt's the perfect partner. Anyway. <laughs> Actually, look, I so really uh, gun because he's had more tag team reigns with different people than anyone else. That might be true. That might be really true. Gun. He was classic in, in New Japan. Is that what we're going to start with today, Byron? Do we have to start with New Japan just to calm you down? No, no, we could talk about the the other thing that happened. What was the other thing that happened? Lucha Underground had a show. Oh, they we did. We're going to talk about Rogue One. What the fuck? I'll talk about Rogue One. Rogue One too. It's the best uh, best Western I've seen in a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, I liked it. Uh, I did not like Passengers. I saw that with my girlfriend. That is probably the rapiest movie that has ever made it into mainstream theaters rapiest wow that's a strong terminology what kind of movies yeah. do you go see Casey? that's a little weird it's a little weird movie like uh i don't want to spoil anything but that movie's fucked up you guys you like just more said rapey rapey than than make them die slowly 
More rapey than fucking um, Last House on the Left. Is it more rapey than the recent uh, Last Rear Hills podcast? No, no. But The Accused is more rapey than that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, there weren't any pinball. No, there weren't any pinball tables. Oh, oh God, you're bringing back not fond memories. Oh, God. All right, well, I'm going to move right into it. Let me talk about <laughs> this week's episode of Lucha Underground. And then um, we'll have a little chat about what's going on outside of the television show with Lucha Underground, because there seems to be a lot going on. Casey is shaking his head like, you don't want to have that conversation. Apparently, a lot of people don't want to have that conversation, but we'll get to that. So let's talk a little bit about the the episode. Um, we're, we're one week before this, this new uh, mid-season finale thing. Um, and commercial-wise, promotion-wise, the buildup seems to be there. Um, but I don't know if this was exactly planned, so I don't know if story-wise, if it's leading to really the mid-season break that you would hope for. I don't know if that was ever really the intention, uh, which we'll get into more after the episode, but um, I liked this episode. I actually did. Um, I, you guys might disagree with me and please feel free to, because by no means does anyone need to share my opinion. I'll tell you why I like this episode. Uh, it didn't linger too long. And I thought, honestly, the editing of this episode was amazing. Um, you know, considering Sexy Star and Mariposa, their no moss match last season, whether you like Sexy Star or not, the no moss match was pretty epic as far as the season went last year. This was not designed to be that. I found it a little bit weird that they were even kind of dropping this match in here. It was a little bit uh, filler considering the high point that they were, you know, that they left us with the last time these two fought. But at the same time, there's only so many women in Lucha Underground, so they're going to have to fight again. And I thought that this was a good way to not need to build to another blow-off, but to get these two back in the ring together. And I think Mariposa does a phenomenal job working with Sexy Star. Um, Which you mean carrying Sexy Star, right? Yeah, for whatever it is. Again, you know, I've been in some of these matches. I have some of my issues with uh, the way Sexy Star performs too. But, you know, I, I try to remove myself from that and just watch this match and the way it was cut together, the, the style that they worked, they weren't running the ropes a lot. You know, the one time Sexy ran <laughs> ropes, she, she jumped through them instead of, you know, trying to, to run them. They worked on the outside. They brawled a lot. <coughs> and Mariposa works super stiff with Sexy Star, which everyone else seems to be afraid to do. Honestly, the next stiffest person that's worked with her was Johnny Mundo. But Mariposa, well, you know, Jack Melissa Evans, just takes it to her. Jack Evans stiffed her. Uh, so did Big Rick. Right in her Calero. But I will say, I will say uh, Sexy did run the ropes at least once, and I don't know what happened, but she did the thing like they used to do back in the olden days when you'd have like the really like steroided up like Berserker or whoever, and like you'd run, and then I don't know if it, was, it wasn't the Berserker, but I just, it was one of those guys who wore like fur on his boots and he went to WCW and didn't do anything, but he is a big old dude and he's really dumb and powerful, right? And so that's kind of, um, some of that can be sexy star in the ring and like he'd run, but then he would just 90 degree turn and go to the, to the other ropes. And I think sexy did that once where she ran the, bounced off the ropes 
turned around and saw where she had to go and then just kind of mm-hmm. made a turn. Yeah, you should have com- seen her when uh, AAA had the six-sided <laughs> ring. She was doing shit like that all the time. It's completely disregarding kayfabe physics. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> but we dude, people do all the time. And physics. Arrow star defies physics doing shit for real. Like, we can't. We can't. You know? But, um, you know, I think that doing this match after a gimmick match, maybe not the best move, and every wrestling promotion does shit like this, and I don't necessarily like that. Like, the gimmick match could have been a blow-off. She never, right. you know what? She never had a blow off with Marty. She could have fucking wrestled Marty. There we go. No, no, sexy okay, star. Well, I thought well, it sort of teased a little bit with Marty before the no, 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 no. He was he he took a shot in the no, in the no mas match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that, but still, I mean, the, the real blow off was Mariposa, and maybe there's still more to come with Marty. Um, but I, I, anyway, I thought the match was decent. I liked the way it was cut together. You guys don't have to share my opinion. Um, <coughs> the, I just I think it's weird that they built Mary Posa up, and she did so great, and now she's back to putting over Sexy Star, which and I and I also don't think there's a reason. I don't think it should. That's put why back she was hired. I mean that, that as much as she is great, you know, Melissa's an awesome, yeah. awesome performer. But let's not let's not sugarcoat the fact that she was hired because they needed somebody to to put Sexy Star over and make her look good. She needed somebody to feud with. Yeah. Honestly, though, after that four way, I would have changed the fuck out of my plans and and pushed her against dudes and fucking people up more. Because well, maybe they can get to that. And and by the, judging by the end of this match, I don't know what's going on with her and Marty, but that fucking choke slam, um, maybe that sets up a new direction for you know, cheerleader, Melissa, uh, Mariposa, whatever you want to call her. Maybe that sets up something for her now to move out of this feud with Sexy Star. I thought that was a really good story-wise, you know, ending. So, um, you know, I, I think that there's hope for her, especially if she if she goes face, you know, if she has some kind of face turn. I think that could be big business for Mariposa. And well-deserved. I mean, Lucha Underground needs more faces, which I'm going to talk about more in a minute. Um, I skipped over the opening vignette. Mil Muertes, uh, he speaks, and he wants to know, how the fuck is Puma alive? (laughs) Which, you know, if you weren't there with uh, Vampiro dabbling in his dark arts, as as Katrina says, uh, you wouldn't know. Like, hey, he's just back. And we didn't know either when we were sitting in the temple. It was like, you know, we knew that that Puma was put in a casket or whatever, and... Mm -hmm. You know, but we never we saw. We just saw they shot it on order. Remember, how we're like, "Oh, this probably happens between then." Yeah, I mean, you we know? were trying to piece it together, but yeah. you know, we're seeing it play out now, and it makes a lot of sense. And I'm glad that that Vampiro literally did some hocus pocus and brought Puma back. Um, and I love Katrina acknowledging it, like, "Yeah, yeah, he Vampiro likes to meddle in my stuff." But that's but she, the way she said it was like, "He ain't got no real skills." Like she's she's got all the dark arts magic locked up, and she's not even sweating Vampiro. He's just a petty um, dabbler in the dark the dark arts. So. Yeah, and she sounded like she was gonna you know have a little something for him with like the yeah the road to Puma is through Vampiro. Obviously, it didn't need to be, but Katrina kind of made it detour that way. Yeah, you know, they they Puma and Mill have found each other plenty of times. Plenty easily without Vampiro having to be involved. 
But I don't know. I guess if you're tired of watching Mil Mertes beat up Puma every week without any remorse, that was always funny to watch. I got to say something really quick. Uh, it says there's five people watching the show live right now, but there's only three thumbs up. So two of you people fucking suck. Maybe somebody still is trying to, to make a decision. Oh, well, you know what? I'll oh, make now a it's decision. Up. It's up to five. Nice work. I see. Mm. Good work, Case. How'd you do that? Dude, it's... I see four. <sighs> I'm seeing five. Yeah. Anyway. See, Casey, ah, see four thumbs if ups. you don't ask, you won't receive. And anybody else who, who joins in later better thumbs this up too. Please, please. Our sponsors love to see those thumbs. Fuck yeah, dude. That fucking mattress company? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want a free mattress. Um, fucking what else? Do we I'm, giving the, I'm giving the shout out to these guys. These guys have been hooking me up on another project that I'm working on. Nothing to do with this one, but big props to Boneyard Beer. Get you some. Especially if you're up in Oregon. I don't know if you can get it down here in Cali yet. Soon, though. <coughs> I bet the heels know. Shit. We're going to get a fucking beer sponsorship on the show where I don't drink. And the heels are not. That's hilarious. Oh, what is that? I'm just oh. shouting out my drink right now. A what bottle up? of vomit is what he's drinking. A bottle of vomit. What up, everybody? I'm just... I'm just um, Deuce. I'm actually just drinking water out of this cup. I just really wanted to drink out of this cup. Put some whiskey in there. Put some hair <laughs> on your chest. Um, all right. So we talked a little bit about um, the, the, the Marty Melissa swerve thing there. I'd like to see where that's going. I think that's good. You know, and we, and we talked about a couple of weeks ago that Marty is since his blow off with, uh, with Mr. Swerve, with Mr. Killshot there, he doesn't have much going on. So yeah. Yeah, Killshot uh, has a big good. thing going on, but Marty's kind of he's still drifting. He had yeah, a he's match. dormant. Or what was it? He he had a good like encounter with Mill. That was memorable. Yeah. I mean, look, dude, every time he comes to the ring is fairly memorable now, but I like to see him I like to see him getting a little more action. Um The next vignette, I love this. Masquerita with the curls. Been his body weight for sure. Like that was the dude is unrealistically yoked. He's a mighty mini. He's very dude, strong. It's, it's, not, it's not more than his body weight because you are not calculating the enormous penis this man has. I thought you were going to say all the bagel bites that he ate. I didn't know we were going to go straight to the, the, to the mini junk department. I, I feel like you don't know me right now, Justin. <laughs> I've been gone for too long. I feel like I do, and I'm very afraid of where this is going. This is going to be some horror show uh, explanation of Masquerita's yeah. junk and why it I weighs 50 heard, pounds. I just heard from people behind the scenes that there's like five other takes where he was lifting without his hands. Let's put it that way. There, it is a big open locker room. I assume some people would probably know. <laughs> they call it God's joke. Um. But so then uh, we get the Rabbit Tribe, Paul London, Malasuerte, and uh, what's the other one? Checkers. Saltador. Checkers. Saltador. Saltador? Saltador. Something with the door. Hold the door. Hodor. <laughs> oh, and we got, we got Vibrador there, too, uh, on Vibrador, the other team. Vibrador, Saltador, and <laughs> Hodor. Yeah. And, What's uh, that guy? There's some, there's some kind of funny joke Mr. there. Mr. Zippers. And uh, 
other guy, NVV Luchasaurus. Oh yeah, NVV Luchasaurus. If you don't know what NVV means, um, no. what's it mean? We're not gonna tell you. Ask Marco. Is it flattering? Yeah. Oh At yeah. Seven Eleven Marco. It's really flattering. We wouldn't hashtag NVV Luchasaurus at Vibrador if we didn't really love him and think he wasn't a big giant fucking crowbar. <laughs> oh come on. Um. Uh, well, look, he's in this next match, so I'll talk about him right now. I am uh, I am not as disappointed by this match as I had thought I would be. <laughs> First of all, I love Cobra Moon. She is killing it. I love this part for her, though I will say I was disappointed. Like, I had forgotten it was this match, but obviously I knew which match it was because me and Byron and Jamie were sitting right in the front row there. Um and we got some some good TV time cheering for Sexy Star just because Casey wasn't there. Though Casey, I think, was there. He just wasn't in his seat. I think Casey went for a potty break to hang out with Vinny and eat pizza in the bathroom or something. Um, uh, you haven't lived until you've eaten and shit at the same time. With Vinny Massaro in the stall next to you. Yep. Talking about Pokemon and shit. <laughs> That's the real trick. It's the first thing um, that came to mind. I don't know why it was Pokemon. <laughs> Anyway, so back back to London though, and the the rabbit tribe. Drugs are bad, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna say, like the whole thing with him thinking Masquerita is the the white rabbit, hilarious, and hey, clearly drug be. induced. No, clearly drug induced. Even 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 Masquerita was saying like, no, dude, you're high. It's not me, dude. You're, you're just fucking high. How that's Casey? Exactly do you have anything to say about? about Casey, do you have anything to say about the guy who hangs out with Son of Havoc when he blows you off? How would that make you feel? What? Like the guy who hangs out with Son of Havoc. I didn't watch the show this week, Byron. I don't know. He's trying to set you up for. I I know where he's going. That's okay. Casey, you should pay your cable bill so you can watch the show. I've been been working very hard and having a very horrible time adjusting to the six in the morning schedule again now that i had a week <laughs> off and uh it's painful and this Ew. week was brutal. and but you yeah, know what it's fucking off tomorrow so i'm very happy things have been really bad for you um uh, but they catch you <laughs> up on the show uh they said oh you're the white rabbit and masquerita said you guys are high and he walks away um or he brushes them off whatever specifically happens i don't know i was still thinking about Wrestle Kingdom 11, Okada, Omega. Oh, God, we'll get the to entire it. Day. We'll get but, to it. But that's what happened. He he basically no-sold them. So my, my question to you is, if the guy who will hang out and eat bagel bites with Son of Havoc blows you off, how does that make you feel? Okay, no. Okay, no. You feel good because he has horrible taste in friends. So if he doesn't want to be your friend, that's a good thing. Okay. Yeah. I get where I get. Where I like Son of Havoc, by like, the way. Okay. Like W should be feeling like I'm fucking million bucks with me not liking him because I associate with Byron, for example. It's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. That actually does make a lot of sense now. You know, there's a lot of people who oh, like me. Did I anyone know. you guys this for Christmas? How do you how do you afford all those friends, man? That's a lot of money you have to pay out to people to be your friend. I don't know how you can afford that. How come that box is empty? Someone bought me my wife, so that saved me a lot of money. Yeah, for that's Christmas. Frightening. How come that box um, has clearly been opened? 
<laughs> I love it how surprised it. Lady J was that that you even had a lady friend. Why? Well, why would that be a surprise? That's. I mean, why wouldn't it be? We kind of get a different. We get kind of that Elm Street two vibe from you most of the time. Just a little bit. Just yeah. A little bit. You, if Just you guys saying. don't know what that means, watch Elm Street two, and it'll be apparent immediately. Elm Street um, two. All right. So look, let me put let me put over the people I want to put over first. I want to put over Thunder Rosa, Cobra Moon, like and the the amount of camera time she's getting this year. I'm loving where they're going with her angle. I love that they gave her a squid odd. Um, I love as much as I love Steve Payne. I love that they're not focusing on those guys and they're focusing more on this Drago angle. Um, her chaining up Drago and leading him to the ring on a leash was when we saw it, we were like, what the fuck is going on? Like we did not comprehend. And it's still that way. Even in the show, it's like, you're not quite supposed to know entirely what's going on. Like, did she hit him with the magic venom? Like, how does she have Drago under her thumb? Um, and I love where the storyline's going. I think she's perfect for playing it out. I was salty when Drago got in the ring and she wasn't wrestling. Yeah. Because um, it was announced as a trios match with her wrestling. And I do think that she's a good performer. And I actually think that she works uh, She works really well with a lot of the the <laughs> smaller cruiserweight size guys, too. So I kind of wanted to, to see that. But at the same time, I'm never going to be mad, mad when Drago steps in the ring. Love the dude. He's a great performer. And... Steve Payne, um, I love that they left in him pulling up his zipper this week. Thank you. God Thank you. Oh. Hey, at it's, least they're not shying away from it. At least they didn't try to cut it out. It's like, look, the dude's zipper is busted. It's the most broke-ass thing about any costume in all of Lucha Underground. It's like, look, guys, if they cut, yeah. this is why Goldust used to have the same problem, and this is why they put a little snap on the top of the fucking zipper, and everything's fine. Isn't Give that where he got the whole thing from was so he could like fix his zipper yeah, like, i mean <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm really happy with um this match steve Payne was allowed to show who he is whereas when they first came out and uh and the snake tribe uh got to fight in the ring he basically did a few things and let you know luchasaurus uh. get all the all the shine but Steve well, Payne is the man. This moment, dude. I mean, anytime you send yeah. some dude who's like six nine into the ring, you know they can say seven feet, but he's like six nine. But like, but you get he gets to base for Aerostar, which is amazing, and yeah. also Phoenix. Like he got to really show off that he. I mean, he's he's a white dude with the mohawk, but he could come in there and be faithful to the lucha style and represent it really well in lucha underground, which is a complaint some people are beginning to have. Well, he worked really well with London as well, and and mm -hmm. those guys in Saltador and um, the other. He's awesome. Uh, but what, what, that, Mohawk yeah, Gimp and Checkers. Can I just call him Mohawk Gimp and Checkers? Because yeah. I keep forgetting yeah. the other names. There, there's That's so much I want to say about working well with London and Snake people, but I can't. But uh, well, back to but what look, you're saying look, about dude, London. London is easy to work with. I mean, he's basically yeah. writing the moves yeah. in half these matches anyway. So. It's right. like you get the guy who wrote the book in there reading it with you. Makes it a whole lot freaking easier to have a good performance. And, um, you know, and I thought Maddelson looked good, too. I thought the edit looked good on him this week. It did. No, this is how we He's, don't say it. We think he looked – we think he did good. We think the edit looked good on him, and there's a reason for that. They, uh, they figured yeah. out the double choke, Sam, where they, they solved the problem where he'll grab the guy with the right hand. But now he just holds the left hand out 
and Aerostar or Phoenix will run into it, throw it first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and, and look, dude, I mean, half of the thing is how they put it together for TV. It's like, look, I'm right. watching a TV show, um, and I can have my complaints from when I saw it live, and I'll tell you those. I thought that that setup looked slow. I thought that it, it looked a little sloppy. I thought that uh, the big boots from the angle that I saw weren't very weren't very good. He, his slap was a little mistimed. Um, it didn't look super sexy live. It just didn't. I can't lie to you. I'm not going to. I don't have a reason to. I mean, I'd yeah. tell Austin to his face, and I, and I like the guy. I'm a fan. I loved him on Big Brother. I want to see him do well. I think it's a great mask. It's a great costume. I love the angle with Cobra Moon. Um, I just haven't been super impressed with the work I've seen him do live. However, mm-hmm. if they're pulling it off on the TV show, big props to EB Dub and his editors and whatnot. Like, I can't hate on it. Like, if you guys know what you're doing, if you guys can put him out there and make it look good on TV, that's half the battle. And that's a good reason why he's better served being here than in WWE or some uh, someplace else where it is all live and you don't get the benefit of a good edit or six camera angles where they can pick one that is, you know, better for your big boot than where I was sitting in the front row where it was like, wow, that missed by 100 feet and the slap was late. How the hell are they going to cut that together? Yeah, <laughs> I mean... That- that's where the large portion of the negative uh, reaction to his debut, I think, was was from basically everyone who has seen him wrestle. All I'm saying is that if I'm an Aerostar or Phoenix, I don't want that motherfucker catching my dives ever. Yeah, ever. did they? Did they? Huh. Oh, see, I want to ask a question about whether or not something was cut out or left in, but I don't know. We don't if know I, which match it was in, so you don't know if it's a spoiler. You know what, Byron? I don't know. You're thinking what that, you know it. exactly what you're thinking, and it hasn't I'm happened. I'm thinking yet. about what you're specifically referencing. It hasn't happened okay. yet. That wasn't this match. Okay. And I don't I think mean, it will happen until after the hiatus. Okay. And it's a teaser. It's not a spoiler <laughs> because we don't know if it's going to be left in the show. Yeah. So, but it's also not a storyline development. No, so, and we'll, and we'll fucking it's we'll not. fucking tell you what it is when it airs because I'm going to think about it a lot. I will say that I, um, (laughs) I mean, are you going to still bitch about it though? If it comes off great on TV, that's the real question. I mean, that's the fine line here. Yes. Because, because the issue with what happened wasn't a matter of presentation. It was a matter of, do we want to see someone die in front of us today? Gotcha. gotcha. You're giving away too much now, Byron. Now you're teasing it too much. You've gone too far. Back it off. I thought Puma was dead. And uh, no, but uh, I just subscribed to Stardom, which is awesome. And I watched the last really big event. These are more things in Japan. We're still and, talking about Boyle Heights. But I'm saying I saw I saw Thunder Rosa work there. She did the twist. Oh, you saw gimmick. I, that was the first match I watched because I haven't seen her actually wrestle. Her, her character work has been really strong, and I've seen that. But um, it was a tag match. Uh, Holly, Holly Dead was her partner, and she played sort of like uh, – like a big strong person in the match, <coughs> even though they weren't that much taller than the other team. But I did think that Thunder Rosa was a lot better than her in the ring. And she moved very well, you know, quickly. And also just the coordination of doing moves and moving around the ring. It all looked really smooth. It looked a lot better than her match. I mean, that's what, it, that's what it is about her, though. That's what it is. She is, like, putting body movement into her character whether it's thunder rosa whether it's cobra moon she's you know mel's Mm -hmm. doing all this stuff to just characterize the whole thing 
with how she is moving from the time she enters, like in, in Lucha Underground, did you see the way she, she like literally slithers as she's walking now? I don't yeah. know that she was doing that initially. Like she was doing the kind of slithery stuff up on the roast, but now like walking in with Drago chained up, she has a slither. It's genius. And it's, it's small, it's minor, but it keeps the storyline where it's supposed to be. And I just, I like the fact, and this is the thing I like about Lucha Underground, having some younger performers that are coming up. It's people paying attention to their characters and they're not phoning it in. She is not mm -hmm. phoning it in. You can tell she is just busting her ass, working on her gimmick every time she comes out or every time she's in a backstage segment. And I, for one, just appreciate that. We saw Marty do it. Um, I think we saw Killshot grow into his own doing it and really getting more and more into the character. And I think after his vignette, aired and he got feedback from people like he really took on the character after that um you know and a lot of these guys and I, i'd like to see that I, i'm you know and, and kind of where we're going with mac now too i think mac is actually developing more of a character yeah. um he's not necessarily yeah. just some black dude from the streets who's a big hold boy on who can move Oh. But you say he's not necessarily some black dude from the streets, yet we have 25 minutes of Vampiro commentary, who is, even though he speaks Spanish, and he's from Can oh, Mexico, whatever. He's a whatever, white Canadian. He's, Just he's a cracker-ass cracker from Canada, talking about how this black man is used to stealing and getting beat up by the cops he's all the used, time. It's okay, he's used to getting beat up by the fucking police. But see, I Here think I think you mischaracterize it because look, <laughs> no, those I'll are tell you why. Words. I'll tell you why because when you know Vampiro, you know that he's saying it because whether or not it's completely true or not, he feels like he connects that way himself. Also, I don't. He's think a guardian he's, angel. He's on the side of the police. He's the one beating up the black guys like the Mac. No, but not in the past, and not where he That's came how he from. Knows. He spent his time as bodyguard doing shady shit and being in and out of trouble and being the hooligan himself on the streets. The guy has. He has. It's totally legit. And that's one of the reasons why his character is awesome because, you know, <laughs> even when he was super pretty boy, he was a thug. He was a straight know. villain. And all and, I know is there was a group of cops that were supposed to kill him, but they respected him so much. Allegedly, may or may not have been because of how good he was at beating up black people like the Mac that they spared his life. Oh my God! All right, we'll uh, ship we'll ship Vampiro off to Ferguson for wow. you. Wow! Yeah, Urban, that's what that's what I think too. And also, you wanted to know how many more Elm Street Two references we can get. Well, you are all my children now. Yeah, Byron, your hot take on Vampiro is is. Awesome. Accurate. I'm just gonna let I'm just gonna let it stand. I don't entirely agree with you. I think it's more um I, I think it's just more he he understands it and he related a certain way. I don't think it necessarily came out of his mouth the best way it possibly could have, but no, I mean, like, not at all. And, Holy shit. Reasonable, like reasonably like knowing that hero. Yeah, why aren't people oh. complaining? I no, I did see people complain. But I go to a message oh. board where people usually complain. Shout out to Rob Viper. What's up, homie? What's up, Rob? You, you guys like complaining, right? Is that what it is? But pretty much all I do. <laughs> well, you have perfected you do the a WWE art. show because I'll fucking complain. Oh man, I'm gonna get to some of that in a minute here. I don't know what the hell's going on. I have SmackDown still paused in the background, and I haven't gotten to whatever this SmackDown's uh, not bad when you can Luchadora masked uh, assailant thing is yet. Oh, but yeah. I was kind of hoping to get there. But 
I was too busy watching Wrestle Kingdom 11. Ah, Honto. Oh, gross. So, Hollywood liberal ones, Brandon. Ew. You didn't know that? Yeah. Um, uh, who's Andre Nichols that says that Byron's down with the brothers? Because I know Byron. And he is possibly whiter than Vampiro, who's Canadian. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm saying I don't mm. think I don't think Vampiro What's my first name? as white as you think he does. What's my first name? Byron. Byron, Byron Saxon yes. isn't his real name, dude. What up? And he's also pretty darn vanilla too. Yeah, but <laughs> I don't mm. think that's exactly how you get your black card, Byron. Byron what about Byron, Byron, what about Byron Johnson? If that was your name, you might get a point. You need a hundred to get into the club. I have been told many times that it is a name that is more commonly used for a different race than myself. All right. Well, look. Speaking of the Mac, let's let's talk about this segment where he he throws mad, crazy dap with sexy <laughs> yeah, stuff. That's good. <laughs> He's not a good actor, this, but I do appreciate changing the topic. Hey, I loved this it, scene though. When you're acting, when you're acting against sexy star who is quite possibly the worst of all um you could be forrest whitaker in rogue one and still have a good performance oh god he was terrible in rogue one i thought the mac in this scene was better than forrest whitaker I'm tired of running. <laughs> yeah it was really bad it was like it was like he was studying to be in Macbeth, and then brought that to a star wars western movie where it had no place <laughs> no dude it was like he was studying to be in Macbeth from watching fucking Broken Matt Hardy and Blue Velvet. <laughs> you know what's a good movie? The De Niro laugh from me. That's. <laughs> you know what's a good movie? Good. La La Land. Let's talk about that instead of Star Wars. No one watched Star Wars. I refuse to ever Whatever. see that movie because it sounds like it has singing in it. And it's Tom. uplifting. A little bit. <laughs> and people are complimenting it. That's the same reason he'll never go see Hamilton. Hamilton was really good. No, I Byron just, likes musicals, y'all. I, 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 I oh. don't like movies with singing whatsoever. Um, except for Cannibal the Musical. That movie's dope. Uh, everyone should see it. Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Troma movie. Shout out. Shout out to Uncle Lloyd. Sup? Nice. Nice. Um, all right. Look, Six let's... Let's let's get through the rest of this episode real quick because I got a I got a guest that wants to join us for a few minutes. Sweet. Um. So, anyway, the the backstage vignette. I love the high five, the hand, sh the the whatever they did with the thumb wrestling, or they're all about the handshakes and lucha. I liked I liked this scene. I thought it was cute. And this is again, I think this is why Sexy Star gets over. This scene was awesome. Like how, you might not like it have been if they did that thing. You know where you like. You know, or you go like that. Like that been, yeah, that would have been fucking funny. I would have been that. funny. I also really like the, the writing touch of the fact that she speaks Spanish. He speaks English. There's no question of whether or not they understand each other. They just both speak their own languages and everyone acts like they actually know what they're saying. Just like that. Star Wars. Just like fucking R2-D2. Yeah, well, R2's, yeah, you know, Jedis can speak R2. Are we or talking about Star Wars again? Oh my god, you suck. Anyway, so Dario swerves the Mac in the next vignette. Brother cannot catch a break. 
which I was a little salty by. You want to talk about racism? How come we're we're billing this episode as a title shot for the Mac, and then we're swerving the whole audience and the Mac mid episode? Well, I don't know how I feel about that. You want to talk racism? How about making a black guy your world champion and pretending he's Mexican the whole time? That's okay. I'm fine with that. Okay, just making sure. Okay, as long as he's in a mask. What, what, what are you referencing, Casey? Nothing. <laughs> as long as he's in a mask, it's okay. Because he's just a masked champion. Um, okay. Anyway, so the Mac gets swerved, does not get a title shot tonight, which uh, that that left a little bit of a bitter taste in my mouth. I was just like, you know, and then especially seeing the finish, it could have been a title shot, but I guess I get I get them setting up the all night long thing, but I, I was a little salty by this swerve, especially when all week long it had been billed as Mac getting a title shot. Oh, wait, did I, they do the thing? That he got the huge pop in the temple? Did they show it on TV? That wasn't after this match, was it? No. It I wasn't. thought it was after because, this match, and he's like, I'll see you next. I was I was thinking about that. I don't know. I don't know because the oh. edit at the end of this was a little bit weird and janky. They kind of got out of it weird, where Johnny Mundo just says, you know, you're, you're a big a fat, fat piece, piece of, crap. of crap. And you know, you you could barely go 10 minutes. You know, so all night long. He doesn't even say he wants an all night long match. He just says all night long. And then they just kind of go out there. And then Mill runs down with uh, Katrina. And uh, then they attack Vampiro. And Puma comes out for to try to attempt to save. And uh, Vampiro tells him no way. And then I think uh, what you're trying. Yeah. I so I don't happened. think I was there. Was I there for this match? Do you, you guys were there, right? I don't, I don't know if I was. I know Wait. I was there for the first matches on this episode. Maybe Case was there without us. Um, maybe, because remember how I was telling you about a really shitty bump that Vampiro took? Was that on TV? Yeah. 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 He took he took the uh, flatliner, but he put his knee out way ahead of the move. He was, and he took but a spear. The impact, that, was, the, the impact was still there from, um, you know, the, the reaction from Puma and whatnot. I thought it played good on TV. I liked it. I, I thought so too, but I could see it. Is... Join us, Izzy, because I don't want to talk shit about Vampiro if he's about to be on the show. I love Vampiro. He's the man, but, you know, he said black people are used to getting beat up by the cops. Hey, you know Which what? I understand, I understand their plight, but I also think... He's you know, trying to be a voice of the people. And yes, we are used to getting beat up by the cops. Have you ever been beat up by a cop, Byron? Have you ever been profiled by a cop? Do you see how crackerass white I am? No one's ever threatened by me enough. I know you worked. You worked on a show in Louisiana with dudes who hunted alligators. They would have hunted me if I got on that boat with them. They would have pushed me in, gave me ten minutes to swim, and then hunted my ass down. It was actually funny. We were nervous. Well, I wasn't, but the we of like the show was all nervous when we first started working or doing the thing because there were some people on the crew who were ambiguously ethnic. Or, you know, and so everyone's just told to try to avoid talking about that. I'm sure you didn't tell them that you were you were part Jewish, right? No, I mean, no, not at first, because we didn't know who we were getting on boats with. And with not at guys. first. So it eventually came up. Let me well, let me tell were, you my let all, me tell you my Louisiana all, story. We all ended up being really nice and it wasn't an issue, but we yes, were very your, concerned. Your cast I've heard was actually pretty good, but I was <laughs> on a boat doing a reality show with Larry the Cable Guy. It was me, the uh, Japanese DP, uh, Jewish field producer, uh, gay coordinator. Um, we had like the seriously all super ethnic 
crew, which was cool working with Larry Cable Guy because nobody would really expect it. But we got on a boat in the bayou, and um, I look over to the other boat, and the 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 executive producer's out there who's very Jewish. And um, I look up, and his guide that's on his boat has taken his shirt off, and he's got two Swazis right here. <laughs> and a really janky white pride tat on his back. So like I'm on my boat and I just zoom in and I take a picture of like this whole racially diverse crew. And we're, dude, we're in the middle of the swamps hunting gators. And like Larry, the cable guy's cracking jokes or everything. And it's all funny to him. But I looked over at the, the Japanese DP and I'm just like, dude, we about to die out here. And then afterwards, you know, they had like a, a, a crawfish boil or something. And they were like, you guys want to stay? And we're like, no, I think we're. We're gonna go back to the, the to the hotel. <laughs> Justin, get the fuck out! Did of you ever get to ride on a hovercraft during your swamp adventures? Yes, I have actually See? a couple times. Okay, Byron didn't get to because I already asked him that, and it bothered me because it is my dream to ride on a hovercraft ever since I saw one on GI Joe as a kid. Great, yeah, I did. Awesome. I did very briefly with the tap out guys. We got to ride in one for a minute, even though we were shooting an airboat segment. And then we went out and did the airboat thing. It was awesome. That's awesome. That's pretty um, cool. All right. So six stars. The match was good, by the way. The match was good. Uh, Mundo and Mac is a great feud. These guys can wrestle Lucha. They can wrestle strong style. They can do, you know, classic WWE style wrestling. I hope these I, guys keep like for a long time this season. I love this match as a start to this with them you know what i do I like too can do. i be a dick about it for a minute i just yeah. i want to say i, I like the idea it. that they did this match because it it showed it really helped establish some heat between the two of them instead of just the i'm taking your title and cheap shotting thing i think it was really good to show no. just have a personal issue between these two wrestlers i, I got it i mean both these guys are good Love both these guys. Let me preface everything I'm about to say right. Okay. When I started watching a company called Lucha Underground, I did not sign up for two non-luchadors fighting over the title. I love both guys. I'm excited to see this match. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I feel sometimes we're straying a little bit away from the Lucha. Now everyone's going to send me the video of Dario Cueto going, not enough Lucha, not enough Lucha. Whatever, man. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I will, but counterpoint to that is um, their their partner, their Lucha Wrestling Organization partner, and the source for a lot of their talent that they have and that they Kinda want sucks. to have. Yeah. Sucks. And also contractually, you know, just tries to get everyone to quit or tries to fire them and this and that. So it's kind of like, hey, you want to have. Um, Ijo Del Fantasmo's brother, evil brother, on your show. But then you're going to, after he's doing awesome, you're going to have your own issues with him. And then all this other crap. And then now Lucha Underground, you know, has to deal with those issues. And then you have like, or you have Nightclaw or one of the other guys who showed up for a day and left. Yeah. Where's Nightclaw? Where's Daga? Yeah, well, and, it's, and, and, and I told you, I said this a couple of weeks ago. I was hearing the complaints in line um, from you know regulars, from yeah. real believers, but the Latino people were not happy about having a white champion fighting other non-mask guys. It was like this is not what 
you know, they were they were pulled in by this being an American version of AAA. And clearly, by the time you get to Mac versus Mundo, it's not necessarily that. But at the same time, you know, how how else can you do it? No, and and Puma people were cool with because Puma was Puma. You know what I mean? And he was a character uh, created for Lucha Underground. They sold him yeah, from the beginning. He hey, what's Lucha going on, Brandon? What's up? Can you uh, guys hear me? Yeah, we just can't really see you. Your head's cut off in your profile picture. That's good though. It's like a thrust gif. Are you are you listening to music while you call into a podcast? <laughs> it's a fabulous question. Hello. It's awesome. <laughs> yes. This this is just I like driving. I, I, it's classic. Purely classic. Six. So I was going to say is, six stars. Yeah, a lot of those Latino fans were were angry about this development of of where it was going with the 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 champion. So yeah. the question is, do you think they're going to get it back on the rails? Do you think that they can get it to a place where it should be? I, I think I'm, it is where it should be because that's a show. You know, I'm not a good person to ask because every time the belt's not on Pentagon, I'm angry anyway. So. Yeah. But the thing matter. is, the thing is, like they've they've tried, and I understand that there's certain areas of business with the underground that are dictating who they have. Like it used to started off as a triple A slash anyone who's cheap in California organization. That's why Which is everybody. Huh? What's that? It's basically everybody in California. Uh, sorry, I, I didn't know it was Brandon talking. I would have kept going, and. Um, <laughs> But sure, if that's Brandon's what got a ghost in anyway, and Brandon wants to talk to you okay. about Japanese wrestling. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. But it's just it's just like a natural progression. Once they solidify the Lucha Underground business, and they because right now they can only hire luchadors that are on good terms. I still don't know what's going on. And, <laughs> they can only hire the section of luchadors that work for AAA and that AAA likes. Brandon, what are you listening now, to, man? It sounds like a party going on. Uh, I got the Shameless going on in the background on Netflix. That's where I used to hang out, dude. Nice. That fucking club, man. What's up? You, you wanted to be on the show this week, Brandon. What's up? What do you got for us? I feel like we're having a copyright fucking violation right now. It's going to get our show pulled by a fucking Ouch. show. <laughs> anyway... You guys heard the G1 Climax. The first two days is going to be here in Los Angeles. Uh, sorry, yeah. in Huntington Beach, but... Yeah. It'll be in Southern California. So, what yeah. season are you on I, right now on Shameless? Because I'm only on season one. I'm on season five. Am I getting... Oh, I'm, I'm going to hear spoilers. Of every fucking show. Oh, my God. I'm going to hear spoilers. What are you doing? You're not going to hear shit. You can barely, I, mean, I can barely hear The rest of the world cannot the wait for you to catch up. You're in season one of 15 different shows right now. We're none, none of us are waiting for you. Like Game of Thrones, dude, it's it's over. I'm going to ruin it. She gets He's dragons. They burn people. Breaking Bad. No, I, that's the last episode I saw was when she survived a fire and she was naked. And I thought, well, it can't get any better that's than the end that. Of season one. I'm, I'm oh, here to shit, tell you, Byron. the dragons grow up, they get really big, and they eat and burn a lot of people, Byron. The show's ruined for you now. As long as it maintains a level of rape, incest, and murder, 
I'll watch it no matter what happens. It, it really does. All right, does. so Brandon, G1 is coming to Huntington Beach. What does that mean for us? It means Japanese is going to be there. It means we get to see some fucking Japanese wrestlers, which we don't get to see that often. Yeah, you got to think the G1 Climax, think of all the big names that have been in it over the last few years alone. I mean, Tanahashi, Okada, Kenny Omega. I mean... They're all going to be coming here, so the possibilities of matches that we get to see are like my mind's going crazy about it right now. We could. Well, here's this is an idea. This my mind, my mind's going well, crazy it. too. But yeah, hey, this is a two-day event, though, guys. This is a two-day yeah. event. So None to go to both days, come. it's going to be fucking Lance Archer versus each of the Tongans, like three Wait. matches, and then fucking Harry Boy Smith versus uh. Fucking one of the young bucks, and then it, yeah. yeah, this is only heavyweights. The young bucks won't be in it. I didn't, I didn't know. Well, I didn't know that. Well, they don't want to be juniors anymore. I think they want the main straps. But I didn't know Kenny Omega was such a rarity in Southern California. Well, lately he has been. He's been strictly Japan and Canada lately. Well, he is Canadian. All I'm saying for Japanese promotion, so it kind of makes sense. Don't buy the tickets until you find out it's not all a bunch of fucking Lance Hoyt matches. I think it'll still be. We, we, we get six months to wait for this. It's July 1st and 2nd, and my birthday is July 4th, so it's going to be an early birthday present for me. So. Nice. Well, look. Here's the thing I'm going to say. It's two. It's a two-day event, so we have to make sure that we don't get banned on the first day. Byron. What about? Don't me? get banned on the first yeah. day. Yeah. Banned Byron. Casey has been trying to get banned from every wrestling promotion he can, and they never will. They'll give him free tickets. He, he can't pay to get banned at this point. I'm excited for the tournament. I'm excited for this G1 tournament, and I think it's going to be kind of a historical event to be a part of anyway. But, dude, it's right in the middle of summer. It's going to be really hot, man. I don't want to go in there and pass out. It's Huntington Beach. The, the beach isn't that far. It's Japanese wrestling, too. You don't go crazy for that. You... That's a scene of pop. That's what they do in Japan. They, we're different here. You guys, you guys hear the the two honkies trying to start the Let's Go Kenny uh, chants at the Tokyo Dome, and everyone just like fucking ignoring them. Oh, so good. Yeah, two guys who probably who probably spent the, you know their whole year's paychecks to fly over there for the event and couldn't get it started. Are you talking two about the young bucks? No, no, I was in the audience, and I'm sure they're the kind of people that go to Japan and then get angry for it not being Japanese enough. <laughs> There's also a point that I want to make. I think what's that? We're kind of spoiled here in Southern California now. I think that we in SoCal are to independent wrestling what Philadelphia was to India. Wait, you can't mute him in the middle of talking. Like when we do the audio version, people still need to hear some sound. Byron people are just going to think that Byron's fucking I'm not with the you, one. Brandon. I'm not the one with the soundboard, Justin. But <laughs> I saw it said Byron muted it. It said Byron. It fucking said you muted me. <laughs> You're just taking the word for it. You can't read. <laughs> I can read better than you. Uh, we can't. We can't talk about people that can't read without me doing a horrible comedy bit right now. So so let's not. Let's not. Uh, 
J-Man might have something to say about that, too. J-Man, going back to what I said, I can fuck you, J-Man. I can't read, but I can fuck you. What's your wait? What was your point? Because I know you got I know you got to hit it, Brandon. So tell me, what was your point? What were you getting at? Philadelphia. The point. The the point I was saying is that SoCal is to independent wrestling now what Philadelphia was to independent wrestling ten and fifteen years ago. I mean, we got so many great promotions down here that we're kind of spoiled. I mean. PWG. Wrestling. You got uh, FCW down in San Diego, and you've got Lucha Underground. Yeah. We do. We've got some good ones. And yeah, we got yeah. uh, FSW in Vegas, which is just a drive away. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, except Cross is not the champ there anymore, so I don't know about FSW. Uh, who the fuck beat Cross? What? Eli Drake, and it took yeah. twelve guys to pin him to the mat. Yeah, it was a screw job. It was some bull. It was some Polly Colbert bullshit. Even though Paulie's my homie from Cleveland, that was some bullshit. You guys don't yeah. mind if I listen to a podcast while we do this, while Brandon's talking? Pacific Coast Wrestling had Pentagon as their champion. Ahead, Kevin Cross just debuted for FCW in San Diego. <laughs> I, we yeah, got I was supposed to, to be at that show, too. Cross is salty. I didn't go. <laughs> he was salty. Byron wasn't there, too. He wanted to suplex his ass. I saw him in Vegas when he beat the hell out of Matt Hardy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think still Byron has finally squashed his beef with Cross. I think they're good now. We're cool. I think Cross is the man. God damn it. I wanted to see Byron get Saeed out. I'm glad that Urban enjoyed my impression. He gave me a thumbs up and then a crossed out mark that I can't see what it is on my phone. Um, I'm assuming it was something positive, though, but middle fingers get crossed out like that, too. So I don't What are you, is it a fucking rave in your room, Byron? What's going on? All right, well, here's the deal. G1 should be great. I'm interested. You're just listening to another podcast. Right, he's listening to the heels, that fucking traitor. Now he's muted. Good. <laughs> hey, Byron, if you don't love penis, be silent. If you love penis, be silent, Byron. He just loves the heels because they give him more airtime than we do. Uh, yeah, but you know what? I like the heels too. Um, yeah, if I listen to them, that is what I would say, is what I meant to say. Yeah. Weren't you on a heels podcast once too, Casey, when they came out here and talked to a bunch of people at the temple? All I know is I recorded a podcast with the heels and then nothing ever happened to it. So I don't know. Uh, oh, isn't that J Ray's fault though? Didn't J Ray record it? Yeah, and you know what? That he was your old partner's fault, Casey. Carnage Culture, second-rate podcast. Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. The, the first three episodes of Carnage Culture are epic. Don't bullshit. They're great. It's a good show. I, I, I saw J-Ray at New Year's in Little Tokyo. He says, what's yeah. up? He says He's Byron. Back from Japan? He hopes, yeah, he hopes Byron gets his uh, his New Year's resolution of finally whittling down to a C cup. And uh, actually, that was mine. Um, oh, no, but uh, he brought me a dope mask from Japan. Do you guys want to see it? Yes! Check it out. All right, so his brother yeah, breaks into Japan. It's gonna take a second. Just talk. No, it's fine. I'm I'm gonna talk about it. I saw his brother doing like breakdance moves in the middle of 
Japan on Facebook. I was just like, what? The like, he was just straight throwing down, and Jay Ray's like filming it or whatever. And those cats are nuts, man. They just they live it up when they hit Japan. I want to go with them. Yeah, man. Fucking those cats know what's up. Get me masks of cats. Whoa. Fuck yeah. That is pretty sweet. Tiger mask. Hell what yeah. is that? Ti Tiger Veach? No, this is why the this is my new gimmick when I wrestle in Japan. Tiger Mask C. It's great. So that's Tiger Mask C, not Tiger Mask W. No, no, because you know what? Nobody likes anyone with a W in their name. Oh, but don't they just call him Tiger Mask Double in Japan? Uh, yeah, but that's because it's broken English. But uh, you know. I like Tiger Mask as a character, but his greatest villain it has a penis for a head, and I'm not even kidding. His name's Mr. No, and his head is a dick, and it says no on it, and it looks like the no is written in either genital words or herpes, and this is a child's cartoon in Japan. I'm not kidding. I've tweeted like 10 pictures of this. Can, is there any place in America you can watch the new Tiger Mask show? Um, you know, there's a site called... Um, this Asian, which is uh, a site that you can watch like uh, Japanese shows while they're happening and people do fan subs and stuff, and it might be on there. Uh, if it's not, it could be part of like Crunchyroll, which is an official thing. Uh, Kiss Anime and Kiss Drama, it's just bootleg ass shit that people put on, but I watch. I Ken feel Brad like it is, it's got to be on Crunchyroll. I think, I I'll think have to they check mentioned it, out. it. I think they mentioned it on uh, the English commentary for Wrestle Kingdom during the match. Well, and that's, I think, the next thing we're going to talk about. Wrestle Kingdom 11. Six stars. Because um, everything that badass Billy Gunn did, or just Billy Gunn these days, uh, was the best. There's no point in watching after that. And that was the prelims. That wasn't even the actual telecast. Just yeah. Billy Gunn on the prelims. That's all you need to watch. Scott well, Norton. That'll save me some time this weekend if I decide to watch it. But I, I, tried, I tried watching fucking... The main event at work, and I kept getting distracted because of actual work. But I wasn't able to watch wrestling, and it made me a little sad because the match was pretty good. I mean, that um, that dragon suplex was a little cray cray. A little cray cray. What? You you think that was a little cray cray, dude? Half of this event, like forty solid minutes of this event, were insane. The like dragon suplex should have killed him. Not ever do. All right, hey, Brandon, I know you gotta, you're heading to work, right, brother? Right. Anything else you want to add before I kick you off this thing? Other than, Byron, go fuck yourself, and I'll see you guys if the temple ever fires back up. Um, it's not going to, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. God yeah, the, the show's canceled, but uh, we'll talk about that. Yeah. All right. Later. Later, B. Keeper to do Airwolf reruns. Okay. That was just for you, Byron. Oh. Guest spot from Brandon. Yeah, Why is that for me? I because you're the one with the boner right now. You tell us. I can't hear anything over you. Shameless. He said he was missing you and he wanted to come on the show. He wanted to be. Yeah, but I didn't get to. I didn't get to talk to him about the show. Hey, how many Yoshiko <laughs> spots are you doing with the inflatable wife, Byron? You got to be able to at least do the Canadian Destroyer by the time you come back, or it, I have tile flooring. How are you going to get into DDT if you don't practice, Byron? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, oh, you should go to West Kane's Snapchat and you could see him breaking out some moves. All right, Byron, here's here's your big chance. This is going to be your big break in entertainment. 
I know. Okay. Here's your segue. This is the setup. This is the segue. The producer's in my ear saying, hey, throw to Byron on the thing. Breaking TV. I'm going to throw to Byron right now. Byron, I understand that you watched Wrestle Kingdom 11 this weekend. What were your thoughts on it? What were the high points? Break it down for me. Give me your insight on this event. And be warned, Byron, that if your insight sucks, I have three or four pages of notes on it. So let's see what you've got. I don't have pages of notes because I have a job. Oh, my God. You unprepared. Do you know how much time I spent oh, today? Burn. I, still, I still found time to make burn. notes. Burn. I don't, I, no, it was awesome. I, I, uh, well, was going to wake up at three in the morning to watch a show and I saw a tiger mask in the anime match happen. And I'm like, that's cool. I like Ibushi, but I don't know if I want to see him do his moonsault with the mask that much. So I slept for another half hour and I woke up later and some matches happened and they were pretty good. Um, this is but it was like it's oh, it's like the first half of a card on New Japan events are pretty good garbage, but um, but it's also like you're watching Jushin Liger in a six man match or whatever, Man. or just like they're just throwing a bunch of people in the ring. Everyone hits spot. Well, it was and Jushin then, Liger in the battle royal with like or the the well, that was Rumble, I should say. Yeah, but, but I haven't seen that. But in general, water. that's in general that's what it's like. And then you have this, like Mister New Japan eat a pin. Nagata gets booked too. <laughs> Nagata's in it, but he's awesome. He's he's old, but he always gets like great spots in this. Dude, did but, you see they're selling sleep masks of Nagata's eyes with his eyes rolled up? That's fucking amazing. Uh, that's rad. Yeah. So what I was looking forward to on the undercard was the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes. And I was also looking forward to um, Juice actually getting a decent one-on-one match because he's been he's been like earning his spot there and he's been doing well and uh, getting noticed, you know? No. And so I was really happy to uh, see that. The match was a little underwhelming. I thought Juice, um, it was an okay match, but I thought Juice was the one who really showed something and cody i think is trying to find himself i it was a little weird i could his character work was a little weird think about where cody has been and it's like yeah you want to see a good cody performance in new japan you need to leave him in japan for three months he needs to learn how to hit people harder to get over in japan yeah well also his missed by five miles but other than the only that, way for him to get that feel for him to know how to really work strong style is to go over there and get kicked in the mush a few hundred times. And yeah, then, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah dude, you bottom. just fire back. Like if you so think I, of the WWE environment compared to that, <laughs> not prepared for that. Cody is used to, if he kicks somebody like that, he's fired. No, nobody at WWE is going to take a shot like that, especially from some, you know, second, third generation punk kid. You know, but over in Japan, hell yeah, they will. He needs to go over there and work more. Yeah, so I'm excited to see him work with Kenny, work with the Young Bucks, work with the rest of the Bullet Club. I think that'll really help him grow. It's helped a bunch of other people. It helped AJ Styles, who was at the top of his game before he went there. And it helped, you know, Kenny Omega was at the top of his game and raised it a whole, you know, to a whole nother okay, level. Okay, so, but come we'll on, see. AJ Styles comparisons. Let's talk about AJ Styles before no, New just, Japan. I mean, the guy jumped off of like a giant X, like five stories into the sky before he ever knew Japan was a country. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if Cody Rhodes, I don't know if Cody no, Rhodes match like, quality was the same as AJ Styles before AJ went to Japan. AJ went to Japan and he had already 
yeah. match wise probably had some of his best moments my well, my point is like aj styles literally though about him not knowing japan was a country at the time like yeah he probably didn't but yeah, you know, my point is so like aj and like kenny omega were like you'd see them before they made their you know progression up and you go these guys are great they're at the top of their game like aj styles was one of my favorite wrestlers um before he went to new japan and then he improved to an unexpected level like so i i think that's a good environment for someone like cody but he will need the time his i i just i don't know who the american nightmare is i don't know who cody rhodes is in new japan and mm. you know but i was happy to, i was happy juice got a high profile one-on-one -on -one match and he got to look better than he did um in the kevin owens match except for smashing kevin owens's nose Honestly, um, I I think Juice can go fuck himself. Um, oh, I don't give a shit. Fucking bootleg ass Tyler Rex or whatever he was supposed to be. But fucking Cody Rhodes, like <laughs> I loved his character work. I do not enjoy his in ring stuff, and he can he tries hard. Bless him for trying. But I think the best time in his career when his, when his face was all fucked up and he wore the clear mask and shit and he was all acting disfigured. Like, I think that's the best part of his career. And that was all character work. Dashing Cody Rhodes was pretty dope too. But I liked, um, I liked a lot of stuff. I think at WWE, his characters were all, were all focused. Like I even, I loved Stardust. They completely neutered him. Wait, but wait, he worked wait, wait, wait. A new so, style and he worked as a vicious sort listen. of heel. You watched a five-hour Japanese pay-per-view. Okay, and here we go. Here we go. Was Juice and Cody Rhodes? What the hell? So, so anyway, so I was excited to see Cody Rhodes, and it was okay. But I think there's a lot of potential for him. All right, I well, want to see where let it goes. me let me throw you a question. Let me make this easier for you. What did you think of the never open weight six-man tag? The the crazy gauntlet thing that they did with the three-man tag teams for the never open weight. I thought it was okay. I don't really care. Even I like all the work and Osprey in there. God, damn. Uh, they were great. They did their flippy stuff. Osprey flipped too much, but it's also like I, you know, I want to see them in singles or you know, I like I like Ricochet and Dave, um, uh, Dave Finley. Finley. Uh, I like I like their thing. Um, I like Dave Finley's story. Um, I like his dad. It's just it was the way the match was set up, you know. I, I didn't really like and it was it's like you have these guys who are who are supposed to do 10 15 minute matches and because they had to do three of them they basically kind of rushed through them until the end and also it was like three or four in the morning so it wasn't yeah. on my list of things to really pay you know be all that awake for um, it was okay i like all the guys individually but i just didn't care you're talking over Casey. What's Casey yeah, trying to say? I, I, I'm a huge fan of Dave Finley, but not the one that was <laughs> in this match. Um, but dude, if he if he gets like one tenth of the skill of his dad, which I don't think he's there yet because his dad is like fucking awesome. Yeah, he's somebody to watch. And but it's impossible to get that kind of experience and training nowadays. Like the arm, especially in a match like this where you've got twelve other superstars, like huge names, right. basically on this undercard match. And yeah, I, I agree with you. It was a little bit of a throwaway, but dude, the bunny, the the did you see the bunny? He thought the it was bondage a bunny. Yeah, no, she was awesome. Come on, I mean, dude, that that's a high watermark. Um, what was that? She came out with uh, Takahashi, Tokyo Pimp Takahashi. Yeah. 
Yeah. Ooh, that that's like his only role in the bullet club. It would it would be pretty hilarious though if to get Dave Finley over, they're like, all right, we're gonna give him a leprechaun, but it's gonna be the same girl as a leprechaun. And everyone's <laughs> gonna be like, What the fuck are they thinking? But it would get over. <laughs> it, it totally um, get over weird shit gets over in japan like fucking uh, dude people people like loved bob sap like who was awesome but even he as wasn't a, wrestler, a leprechaun no but even as a wrestler they love bob sap and as a wrestler he was like fucking sub fucking nvv luchasaurus like so uh what was it what was the next match like the well, last we didn't matches. talk about we didn't talk about the Young Bucks match. Oh, at least they make their own belts to make up for it. Fuck, they have their Super Kick Party Championship belts, which you well, can dude, buy. They came out with they came out with four sets of belts. I mean, they have the they came out with their what the PWG belts. They came out with what was it? Hold on, did I write it down? They got uh, Ring of Honor. Oh, the Ring of Honor belts. They have the Ring of Honor belts right now too. They had and Junior Heavyweight New Japan and their Super Kick. And their yeah. tights. Oh, hey, Rapongi Vice. That was a hell of a match. What the fuck is Trent Beretta doing? <laughs> a, a, a lot of insane stuff. It was awesome. Also, you got it. You got to go back and see uh, Chuck Taylor's uh, Chucky e. T's tweets about <laughs> about Trent doing his moves. Ah, uh, did you have you ever watched their high spot series with uh with Chuck and Trent, the best friends, and they like interview people <laughs> and they take off their shirts and tweet at The Rock in every episode? Oh my uh, gosh. I've, it, I saw that The Rock great. tweeted back last year at them and it, it they all popped forever because of it. Yeah, they that show is great. Um they they had a thing. High spots TV was on like you could add it to your Amazon subscription for a while, but they I didn't it didn't seem like they changed the content that much. And then it's like, hey, here's volume twelve of a Kevin Steen shoot interview. Enjoy. <laughs> you're like, well, did I see the other eleven volumes if I would have subscribed longer? Like what's going on? But uh dude, those those four fucking great. Rocky Romero's been great forever, you know. But I'm uh, so happy they got the belts too. They've been they deserve it. If someone um, was going to beat the Young Bucks, I'm glad it was them and not Ricochet and Osprey because those guys never Cerro Miedo'd me in the face. I want to see um I want to see Ricochet go after that junior heavyweight championship, but that's the I don't uh, we could talk about that when we get to that. Um but what was the next match? Uh the heavyweight this was match? Your segment. Um what the I don't remember. It was oh Sh Shibata Goto, the the never was never there, openweight championship, wasn't it? There wasn't a heavyweight. I don't oh, know. There's, I skipped around there a little a heavy, bit. There was a heavyweight tag match that had the Briscoes and the Tongas and yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so constantly. So that much happened. They cussed, yeah, and so and then, then now the next match shit because they were cussing so much. Yeah, um, but the next match that was Shibata Goto. Um, I, I will say that I'm not a huge Goto fan, but I love his knee-based offense, like when he just drops dudes from various positions head first on his knee. That's awesome. It was a great match. It was a really great match, and I popped huge for the for the win. So does half the WWE roster <laughs> stealing those moves now. Uh, like AJ does it a lot. Well, AJ, uh, AJ belongs in that whole 
it's like AJ and Finn and like Seth Rollins. There's certain guys who all kind of do the same indie moves, mm -hmm. whatever, like the, um, like the, what is it? 1916, the bloody Sunday, uh, brain buster DDT. Like that's a sick move, but it's like they were, it's now they're in the same company. They all do the same thing, but they yeah. were working in different companies all over the world. It's like luchadors with the double stomp. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that going around these days. Um, at least they're not all using all of those on the same episodes. So, yeah, that was season two, not season three. <laughs> all right. I uh, thought I thought Shibata and Goto was the best match, believe it or not. I know you think it was Omega and uh, yeah. Shibata, I think I think Shibata would be great if someone told him wrestling was a work. I think like they <laughs> forgot, and which is weird because like he wins matches in New Japan, <laughs> but when he was in MMA, he couldn't fucking win to save his life. Uh, well, I think that this is perfect for him because he wants to think that he's tough. Yeah. He throws like he's tough. He looks like he's taking shots like he's tough, but he can't actually be tough. So this is perfect for him because this this never open weight. Uh, singles title is like the place for that now where you can go and work like it's a shoot and just throw stiff as hell just throw pepper on everything I'll tell you what he came out all wrapped up taped neck taped arm and I hope that that stuff w w offered him some kind of protection because the shots these guys were taking in that match were ridiculous I, well I that wasn't really protection for the match he, he's been he got hurt recently yeah he yeah, working up. like this isn't going to help for either of those guys. Are you kidding me? That was some of the stiffest yeah. stuff I've seen in a long time. I mean, <laughs> that was like old Mike Awesome in Japan stuff. That's a joke. That's a uh, joke. Mike, I thought it was good, but I, I, I think that, um, there was an emotional investment in the in the wrestlers and in overall in the outcome that was not there. Uh, that would that didn't match the main event. Well, and I, I get that too. And, but you know, the lead up wasn't necessarily there, but I thought that there was some storyline that those guys were two, two and two or something like where it each was of them a had a deal. win and they both have a double knockout on each other. Like it was a, it was a good setup. Yeah, it was. I mean, I was Shibata got more out of Goto than I, than I was expecting. I popped. I was, I mean, I wasn't actually popping out loud because it was four or five in the morning, four in the morning. But I was silently popping as I was watching. All right, it was a six and a half, seventeen-hour pay-per-view. So, what else did you like? Um, and we'll get to the title match in a second here. But uh, what about well, we the, had, the IC belt? What Tanahashi oh. and, and um, Naito? <laughs> that was. That's I mean, that's nothing match. new there. That's um, well, yeah, but you also have um, you have the history uh, between the two, and and also you just have the ace or the former ace of new Japan and one of their like sort of prodigal son, sons that they kind of shit upon and discarded to CML. Um, so it's like Naito, like if he's gonna, if he's gonna get one on new Japan, how is he, who better than to, to face than, than Tanahashi, you know? Um, <laughs> oh, what happens later? Oh, talk about CMLL. <laughs> but um oh yeah you talk about right? cmll though you have to talk about the faction that Ni naito's in and and but that, those, that byron has to say it 
Los Cinco Bernabas. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. He said Japan. Los Cinco Bernabas. So I, I think it was what? awesome. And it was a great match. Bernabas are going yeah. down because it's all about Suzuki gun, motherfucker. Oh. Dude, they, they clean, they clean swept. I haven't seen um, New Year Dash yet. <laughs> but um, it was awesome. And it was a, it was. It was a great match that was telling a story of a rise and a fall, and it was it was great. But you also still thought that Tanahashi could have won, even though he's doing the sort of the fallen ace gimmick. He has a new haircut and everything. He look he's yeah, very I like him. His hair's fucking stupid. Um, but he's I also did, I did not this incredible phrase. I, did, I I thought it was a little out of place, but yeah, I like he, the sling blade on the apron. On I the hardest, probably hated that. I loved it. It was great. No, they sell New Japan. It's awesome. Yeah, they do. Yeah, awesome. They, they, How about his high fly flow to the outside, where not only did he smash down on Naito and and make him like Jeff Jarrett his head back and get a concussion, but he also landed knee first on the railing and cement floor outside the padding. Yeah, it was pretty sick. Yeah, fuck that. Was. Fuck that, dude. No, it, 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 guys, take care of each other. It's a work. Just take it easy. Man, yeah. you, you might need to send them a memo because even just uh, Ace doing the frog splash um, and Naito gets the knees up, it was like right up under the rib cage. It looked vicious. Oh, like, I do want to say, I, this, I have some real quick to go back. I need to go back real quick, add on, and then we'll, and then uh, we'll go back to this to the um, to the Cody Rhodes match. There was a moment where Juice was outside on the ropes, and he did the dusty knees early in the match. He did nice. a little dusty yeah, Rhodes awesome. tribute, which was awesome. Uh, I just want to mention that. I don't know if anyone else saw it. Anyway, back to this match. He should uh, pay tribute to Dusty Rhodes by not fucking sucking. And um, also, I gotta say, as a fan of Minoru Suzuki, okay. Tanahashi's hair is fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, it is. Agreed. I, I don't I don't like the hair now. It was bad before. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Naito's scraggly head either. I mean, I think but, he could have done Oh, dude, I think Naito I think that's, no, that's the looks point. like fucking Randy Rhodes or some shit. Like, it's great. Naito looks like he hasn't showered since he got back from Mexico. His hair is so burnt now, though. Like, when he first did the hairstyle, it was okay, but he's been doing it for so long now that it's just crispy. I mean, he's going to have to shave it and get a wig pretty soon. It's yeah, bad he's news. pretty much moving from Randy Rhodes to, like, one of the members of, like, Scorpions now or something. And here's the other thing I got to say about Naito, and, and the reason why I almost didn't feel like he should have gone over here, like, he could barely walk to the ring. His knees are gone, man. It is fucking bone on bone. There's not, like, any kind of cartilage or anything left, especially in his right knee. It's, it's pretty sickening. It's like, dude, he can't run the ropes half the time. His knee is Dang, look at look at Muda. I mean, he's way worse. Way, 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 way worse. And he's Muda, Muda didn't have cartilage in his knees when we were watching wrestling in high school, which was not that long ago. Well, neither right. did Terry Funk, but you know, Terry Funk to compensate for it would bring, you know, seventeen hundred yards of barbed wire with him. <laughs> well, Muda is still doing the moonsault. Okay, so Muda's got fucked up knees. Triple H has fucked up knees, yet both of them, tons of knee-based offense. What? Why? 
Makes no sense. Shining well, Wizard. Well, I, I think Naito's kind of the same way. I mean, the Destino is yeah. not really a knee-based offense, but... It, That's a weird finish. Yeah. Well, and That's when he missed it the finish. first time, I, I thought for sure that Ace was going over, but then he just reset and hit it a second time for the win. Yeah. Nothing nothing makes me happier than to hear Tanahashi loses for some reason. I think it's because <laughs> like the guy that made me stop watching New Japan for a while because I just never liked him. I like him. I think he's all right, but I'm very happy that he's how he's treating this part of his career. Like he had those matches and put Okada over when he was supposed to be the ace of New Japan, and now he's sort of sliding down but he's still putting people over as he's doing that whole thing um but i i really loved naito's entrance i loved his suit i loved that he doesn't even really wear a real gimmicked suit it's not no. all that gimmick it's not a like cesaro gimmick suit and his mask was badass too and that oh, eyeball that. thing in the background was fucking dope too yeah no. great I, honestly match. and again that it was a great match too i i really like that one and so Let's get to Kenny the Cleaner and his no, what about moment. the what about the junior heavyweight championship? Okay, go for the junior heavyweight championship. Well, what was that? Um, he wanted Wait, you asked to talk about it. You're asking me <laughs> what it was. Jesus Christ, uh, Casey, okay. help me out with the names. I want to say it was it. It wasn't Takahashi, right? I want to bitch about the Terminator entrance. Let's just fucking move on. And I want to bitch anyway, about the junior that. the junior heavyweight match was. Awesome. Also, there's a Ring of Honor match. <laughs> Who gives a fuck? Yeah, with fucking Elgin. Yeah. 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 I hope I hope the G1 people just. No, Elgin was Elgin. in the. Oh, he's cool. He's not really Ring of Honor. He's more New Japan. Yeah. He's like the new Scott Norton. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that but, is uh, a light to the great Scott Norton. Oh, Scott Norton is the man. He was trending. Okay, let's go. I loved. I loved. Casey, if way, you didn't, uh, Casey, have you watched the Battle Royal, the prelim? No, thing? because I didn't. I, yeah, I know. I need to watch it. He's. I know. You would. You would love it. There's a ton of old school guys come out, and it's. It's like it's just fun the whole time. And Billy Gunn, you can hear him calling moves for the first ten minutes of the match because it's a prelim in Japan, and everyone is dead quiet. So he's like yelling out the next move to the guys to the point where Carino on commentary just has to start busting balls about it. It's hilarious. Oh, uh, so so anyway. Good. Uh, what do you I, want to talk about, Brian? You want to talk about the heavyweight match, or you want to move on to UFC? No, we got to uh, we got to talk about the main. Yeah, event this because I need this to main event was incredible. Best match I've seen in my entire life. What about what? the entrance? What about the entrances? Though? Okay, the entrance I thought was great, even though yeah, it's all been done before by WWE and AAA. Remember, Ray did it too. Ray did it too. But you know what the. Omega did the Terminator. You're talking about the Terminator entrance? Yeah. I mean, Omega did the Terminator thing first. All those claps that the believers do for Cage, those are Omega's claps. God fucking damn it. And, well, the uh, Young Bucks brought him to the, brought him to the match. I, I got to say that Okada under-delivered on his entrance because I've seen this motherfucker have T-Rexes come to the ring with him. Where were the fucking T-Rexes, bro? That's true. I thought it was a Yeah, I thought it was but... a very... It was a very Ric Flair-ish kind of just like I'm styling and profiling with my robe and he didn't do much else. And it was it, it was also like all IWGP logos. It was really like, this is my home. I am claiming the Tokyo Dome. 
I think that's what they were going for, which is why they didn't splash it up too much. It was more like this is going to be the highlight that they use in his next package. I feel like they felt that Gato was 900 years old and enough of a dinosaur to accompany him to the ring, maybe. But T-Rexes, dude, and they weren't those inflatable suits. They were fucking actual T-Rexes. And he had a sword. And he had a sword just in case they fucking got out of hand. He was going to fuck up some T-Rexes if he needed to. Just but, you know, actual uh, I think clone T-Rexes coming to the ring. I thought that Omega was going to win. And I think that's part of um, uh, that's part of like what they were trying to do where – they tried to give Kenny Omega more room to shine, more opportunity to shine in the entrance. He got to do his thing. He walked to the ring with a shotgun. Uh, Chuck E.T. on Twitter, Chuck Taylor uh, actually tweeted, you guys don't know how crazy Kenny Omega is. That might be a real shotgun, um, which was funny. <laughs> but, um, but like he I could tell it wasn't because the barrel wasn't heavy enough. But, yes, it, it was funny. But he got to have a big thing and show off and go, Hey, I'm the real deal on the biggest match of the biggest show. And, and Okada did his thing in a way that was good, but it didn't over, over, it wasn't out flashing out shining Kenny Omega. Now for people who didn't see this match, go and find it somewhere. It is definitely worth watching. It's long. It's what? 48 minutes of actual wall to wall match. Yeah. I I heard that Twitwiles Jasper Meltzer gave it six stars. He gave it six stars. Really? Yeah. J-Man yeah. liked it too, huh? Yeah. I thought well, it was no, good. I'm not going to lie. Dave Meltzer gave it six stars, which he had only given to an untelevised Flare and Steamboat match, which there's only a fan cam of. He gave that six stars. I can send you guys that match if you want. I haven't watched it yet, but I, I fucking want to see it. I love Flare and Steamboat wrestling. I want to see that. I want to see that. Um, but this was up there. I mean, these guys laid it out. Um, any high spots that you really thought were the shizzle, Byron? Fuck my it. favorite, my favorite. Suplex. Shut up! Shut up! Dragon suplex! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Top rope! Shut up! Dragon, Dragon Shut up. suplex from the top no. rope! Shut up! So my favorite suplex of all time uh, that has nothing nothing to do with any uh, alleged murderers of wrestling past is the dragon suplex. It's my favorite suplex. It's my favorite move in wrestling. Wait, wait, and did you say alleged? Benoit, an alleged murder? Alleged? Alleged murder? Was there a trial? Higher family. <laughs> was I mean, there? Was a, I'm pretty sure it's a it's a real confirmed murder suicide, Byron. I'm I'm don't well, think it's I mean, if that's who you're jumping to as far as who you think I'm talking about, but also like where was Chavo? Uh, yeah, exactly. That's what he was the one who got the texts. Um, I gotta tell you guys, um, Superfly Snooker <laughs> got acquitted. Yeah, because because yeah. Vince McMahon is still keeping kayfabe about his character. Yeah, he probably yeah. told the he was a savage again and got him off. Like <laughs> but my favorite move to see in a match is the dragon suplex. Um, and when they were setting up the dragon suplex off the top rope, I was thinking, this is really cool. They're not going to do it, but I'm really glad. Uh, it makes me happy that they're, you know, they're putting in the effort. There's, you know, they're at least bringing it up. They're talking about it. And then Kenny Omega hits a dragon suplex, like right when they actually start to do the move, I'm thinking, oh, they're doing it. We're going to see someone die. And Okada even said after the match, this is the first time I thought I was going to die in a match. 
in the ring. Hey, has, and, he, has anyone um, contacted AR Fox to tell him not to fucking do this yet? Don't copy it. No one don't, should don't do, do this. AR Fox. But it was awesome. That dragon suplex off the top. You know bro. that that's only going to make him do it. You telling him not to is just going to make him do it. Uh, I, so I thought gonna after that. He's going to do it under the apron and finish the match <laughs> later. No sell. I th but uh, it's that was incredible. There's so many points where I thought Omega was going to win. I thought you have to you have to win after you dragon suplex someone off the top rope. To yeah. me, that was the biggest spot. There were also huge spots. There was the um, there was when uh, Okada did a, a when he flipped Omega out of the ring through one of those small tables. That was one of those Japanese tables that never fucking breaks. It broke, but it didn't like split in the middle. It's like he punctured it. It was weird, but that was that was that looks like it should have killed. How about like Abushi in the opener or whatever was doing his little triangle moonsault, right? Which is okay. It's it's a great move, but it just looks like child's work after you see Kenny Omega do his moonsault. Jump up to uh, the top rope, not the corner, but the top rope to sort of springboard moonsault into the first row. That's insane. That's, oh, I mean, he has to do everything right and then put so much blind faith. And you see the, you see the young bucks who know the spots coming up, they go to the railing and they're like trying to move it out of the way because mm -hmm. they're, they don't want their friend to die. Mm -mm, mm -mm. <laughs> uh and I, we need to call Okada uh, Tekken 7's Kazuchika Okada after the news we got this week. <clears throat> Can't so wait for that fucking that. game. Yeah, okay, if you guys haven't heard, New Japan has a deal with Tekken 7 that not only do you get New Japan Chaos and Bullet Club shirts for character customization, you can customize King, the pro wrestler in the game, as Okada, and he does the Rainmaker, if you do that, and he does the pose, and the money rains down, which is fucking amazing. And because uh, the Tekken games are the shit, I think we can all agree the Tekken games are the shit. I hey, I'm down with them, love them. Urban Urban's really down. He's got a fucking arcade machine, man. What? He we himself have to like five see times in battle. Mm -hmm. I don't want to play right, Byron. my ass. You got anything so was, else on this? It was a great match. Uh, I love Kenny Omega's knees. Um, I love how they protected his, his finish. I really, the by the end of the match, what? I said you love his weenie the best. You said you loved his <laughs> weenie. So, okay, um, so the match is great, but Kenny doesn't go over. He doesn't go over. He doesn't hit his finish, which I think is a very interesting thing. Uh, interesting decision because in wwe you're putting on a show so people aren't coming for the finish they're coming to see catchphrases and finish moves and character stuff so in wwe you're gonna do this match you're gonna say the fans want to see the one wing angel so we have to do it kick out and then we'll whatever but this is like we're telling the story first in kenny omega it was a great amount of restraint he didn't win because he couldn't hit his finish Okay, so now what does this mean for Kenny Omega? I think it means... Is this it? I mean, you, you've gotten to this big moment, and he doesn't, he doesn't win. He doesn't get it done. He got, well, he got, he got more done than you would think because he put himself... He established himself as 
I mean, he got more out of Okada than Tanahashi did. He's gotten the best match out of the new ace of New Japan. He's the best Gajin. Right, but now he's done all that. So now what? He's he's done that. He climbed a ladder. He got all the way to the top, and they don't put the strap on him. So now what does he do? Who's he going to feud with next? Like, where is this going? Or is he out the door, and is he going to show up in TNA or WWE or somewhere else? Well, uh, Is there a reason why he didn't go over is what I'm asking you. Is there a reason why he didn't go over? He didn't go over because they want fucking (laughs) Suzuki versus Okada for the belt. But it's I think you what they want Okada to represent the company. Okada needs to have strong wins like this to cement his his reign. Right. So that being the case, Okada is the man. But we I know he's him up there. He's not proven he's the man. So what do you do with the the guy who's not the man? I mean, I, I want to keep him fighting Okada. I know Okada. I guess Okada has something else going on. You I don't, have I don't know. Kenny I Omega win the G1 after Minoru Suzuki wins the title. You make that the title match. and then He was have- supposed to win last year, right? He won last year. Did he? I don't fucking remember, man. I, he won I last year. It was a big deal. It's a big deal. I'm just saying, so, look, here, here, here's, here's, here's the thing. And Japan does things differently. The money is not necessarily in the chase in Japan. They can put mm-hmm. the belt on their face. They don't need to have the chase. But at the same time, that's part of the reason why you find issues with some of their characters. It's why the ace is having certain issues now. It's, you know, it, it's what, what, what are they going to do with him now? They've used him for what they wanted to use him for. This is it. This is the blow off. It was a great match. They got there. They got to the epic moment after a huge buildup. And then, you know, now you're at this now what moment? Yeah. Because now for, for a Japanese fan, the, the focus is back on Okada. See, but it's, it's like, also, yes, I do it now. But, but, but for an American fan, it's like, well, what do we get with our guy now? See, but the way also, Japan books, though, is they have like, the same four guys in the title picture and then they move around. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Omega versus uh, Naito. Yeah. yeah. They did. A, they had a great match at, at in the G1 tournament. Right. Like, I think that's where he goes next and that's where Naito goes next. And then, uh, I, yeah. then you know, you got Okada and Suzuki. So and what was it before? It was Tanahashi, Okada, Shinsuke. And AJ. four. AJ and AJ before, and so they were all intercontinental world champion. Uh, they would just kind of go back and forth, and the four of them would be the last two matches at Wrestle Kingdom. And the intercontinental title can be the final title. Sometimes they've done that before too. They oh, look, it, it, that belt Nido, does right? mean a lot, and they put on great matches with that belt, so it deserves to be. I mean, they got fifteen freaking belts over there now, so. Yeah. Didn't Naito have a world title shot and he got he got voted out of the main event in the Intercontinental Shinsuke match main evented? Yeah. Fan and, Naito hot. and so that's an amazing the angle, by are the way. Some cold ass shit right there. Because you know what? Out of respect, <laughs> I would have voted for the champion to go on last. But you know what? Yeah. What do I know about a bunch of a country full of supposedly respectful fans? Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, I think Wrestle Kingdom uh, is where a lot of stories wrap up, a lot of characters wrap up, and then New Year's Dash, which happened, I guess, last night or this morning. Yeah, uh, new storylines happen, which I'm not aware of. But the- which last year it was the Bullet Club turning on AJ Styles, and this year 
Suzuki gun, baby. Oh, I love it. Because you know who he teams with? He teams with Dragon Rojo Jr. And he also fucking teams <laughs> Taka Michinoku. Ooh. Fuck yeah. Nice. Well, we're going to, I think we're going to see where a lot of the, the top four, a lot of the New Japan aces. I looked the up the jacket. Goes. I found the jacket for sale, but it's $300. Tweet it. Some Mark might buy it. Uh, yeah, well, there you go, W. You're welcome. I had to. I had to. Anyways, it was you. great. I was so happy. So happy to watch, watch it live. Did you watch UFC? <laughs> Mike, me and Justin watched UFC by <laughs> Good Lord, mute your microphone before you die on camera. <clears throat> I saw the match. I saw Ronda lose. I saw her get her face fucking kicked. What happened was... When I saw what happened, I went on Twitter and I watched the GIF. Yeah, yeah. She 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 probably can never do stand up, but no one would ever be able to punch her in the face until her. (laughs) She's won two fights by knockout by her expert analysis. This is the analysis I expect from. But did she get punched? Did she get punched? Yeah, everyone gets punched once in a while, Byron. Come on. Yeah, next time I see you, you're gonna get punched. Yeah, please let me see. I will pay for a front row ticket. Please let me see the two of you guys fight. Pretty please. Hey, let's talk about anyway. uh, Wrestle Kingdom was awesome. Um, UFC, bro, come on, come on. This is important. Yeah, it's it's a cool treat to watch it live. Um, It's a sacrifice because it's in the middle of the night. Yeah, and if you would have watched UFC, you would have seen it at the normal time. That me and Justin. I'm wrapping it. I just wrapped up the Wrestle Kingdom commentary for all of our fans. I'm making a segue into the UFC commentary. Yeah, and he was doing it very well. <laughs> I was letting him. Like I didn't even have to interrupt, and then you you totally busted this whole thing. I would like to say that I enjoyed Mike Goldberg's commentary. So after the match, Okada said that um that Kenny Omega is a great. Let's just do. Let's just do this. Is that better? Does that work for you, Casey? It does. Um. I am God. sad to see Mike Goldberg go, Justin. I am sad. All right. Not for the reason you think. <laughs> and the reason that I'm sad that Mike Goldberg is gone is that when the UFC games come out, they're glitchy as fuck. And there's this couple of fans, I forget their names, but they do fake Joe Rogan and Mike Goldberg commentary over the glitches of the game. And their impressions are so spot on I'm sad that they're going to have to do an impression of someone else now. Yeah, look, I know that they have their issues with Goldie. I get it. I mean, I don't know. Whenever I watch the broadcast, he seems like he's railed way out, and (laughs) he's not really on top of his game, and he doesn't really do his homework. And I don't know if Rogan wanted him fired or if, you know, Dana had beef with him or if it was just time or if he asked for more money that they weren't going to give. Like, we knew something was coming. But at the same time, he has been a big part of the UFC for a long time. And, you know, honestly, I'm a little sad to see him go. And I also, I, I don't trust the replacements. Like, mm. Anik and Stan are okay as a broadcast team on Fox Sports 1 to me, but I don't want them on the pay-per-views. No. I love John Gooden. John Gooden and Dan Hardy, to me, are the best complete announced team. And their pre-fight breakdowns that they do by the way are amazing if you ever really yeah. want to know what's up with a fight watch their pre-fight breakdowns because they're amazing and hardy is fucking great like 
unsung great at commentary. Like, yeah, both of those two guys, but they're never going to get the main broadcast, especially not two Brits and they're good together. And I've heard John Gooden's going to get a little more stick time, but certainly not, you know, he's not going to replace gold. Right. So now they brought in Todd Grisham. Yeah. Which he does MMA stuff. I know a lot of people remember him from his WWE days and they might be hating on him, but he knows his MMA. He's a credible MMA journalist at times. Um, but he's no Mike Goldberg either. I mean, he's no John Anik. No, he, he's not even a Matt Stryker when it comes to wrestling. Uh, so, yeah, if you guys don't remember him from WWE, he was the one that sucked worse than Matt Stryker. So, yeah, and I don't know, I don't know how that's going to work out. They're going to throw him on some FS1 cards, which leads me to believe that, that Anik is moving up the ladder. But, right. you know, there's still talk of Jim Rome or some other major broadcaster. We'll see. Again, I think they should shuffle it around, put John Gooden and Dan Hardy on the FS1 cards. It didn't really use them that much in Europe last year. I think they only did three or four fights last year, and they did like 10 the year before. I think I've only anyway. seen them once. Yeah, they're well, because, yeah, they're, they're all the fight pass cards, so you probably yeah. wouldn't see them. They're all those weird European Saturday morning fights. Um, anyway, I want to talk about the fall of Ronda Rousey. I'll unmute my, Byron's microphone now that we've actually segued into MMA. Um, Okada, six stars. This oh Jesus Christ, Byron! I Look, knew it was trying to happen. Do, I knew it was coming, and I still left. I don't know. And the Josh Pillows of the world wonder why this show goes so damn long. That's why Okada. I got your Okada uh, anime-looking motherfucker. Anyway, they're stupid too. All of Ronda Rousey. Um, I didn't necessarily expect it. I. I <laughs> I wanted to see her win. She is better for the sport in certain ways. Um, look, she helps bring attention and money to something that I love and helps bring it up. So I wanted to see her win. I wanted to see her come back. I wanted to see her be the old Rhonda. Um, I also think that, you know, American women get behind her more. And I think it elevates the sport here in our country because if you have Ronda Rousey as a champion, you have more girls going to the gyms, you have better competition coming down the line. Her story was what made uh, female MMA as, as big as it is now. You know, it started with Gina Carano and Julie Kedzie having their epic battle. Um, and then, you know, it went to Ronda and Misha having their epic battle. And those are the, the, the two, you know, feuds that really propelled the entire sport as uh, women's mixed martial arts. So I wanted to see her win. She did not show up. Her face showed up, her chin showed up, and she stuck it right out there. But dear Lord, what kind of boxing coaching is going on over there at the Glendale Boxing Club? I mean, she's a judo practitioner. She was always better at, at the ground stuff, and yet she comes from a boxing club. You know what it what is? What the hell? Even Amanda N Nunes was beating up Edmund. What were you going to say, Case? It's, um, it's because it's in Glendale, and she's so stressed out from driving in Glendale which has 100% been voted the worst place to drive in California. Uh, she you probably got that right, bro. Yeah, she probably almost got like fucking rear-ended by five Escalades on the way. And uh, and Nicole Richie driving the wrong way down the 134. Exactly. That shit happened too. And uh, dude, oh God, it's so horrible. Did you hear the audio of her corner during the fight where all his advice is, Head movement, head movement, head movement. No, that was, that was it. 
like, I just want to say, like, my favorite parts of the, the, the prelim package were when she was beating him up in the gym. You know, I just, I just don't even know what his coaching is. He's just like, okay, bro, you gotta, you gotta move, you gotta bounce around, bro. What are you doing? What do you like? Bro, bro, what, what, what perfume do you like, bro? What, what cologne you like, bro? It's terrible. I'm sure Edmund could probably kick my butt, but I don't go to Glendale very often, so I'm not too worried about it. I just <laughs> like uh, everybody, everybody. Team Alpha Male has extended uh, an invitation to Rhonda to come there. It's like, I want her to go to Jackson's. I want her to go to Alpha Male. I want her to go, like, I would even accept her going to Duke Rufus at this point, and I hate his camp these days. Like, anywhere. But she's got to get away from that guy now. Her mom said it two fights ago. Her opponents are saying it now. Amanda Nunes is talking trash on Edmund. Like, why did you let her do that? I feel bad for her. And Amanda Nunes is like, I didn't even train for her like I trained for Misha. I knew oh, she was going And in, in that audio of the corner, you hear as soon as the fight ends, Nunes goes over to him and says, fuck you. Oh, it's so great. Yeah. Her Twitter was amazing. She was tweeting all the best, like, all the best memes, like a mom with a crying baby in a stroller, but the baby's face was Ronda Rousey and she was the mom. I mean, and that's literally what's going on. And I feel bad for Ronda. Ronda was a great champion. She did awesome things for this sport. I will always respect Ronda Rousey. I have no issues with her whatsoever. This is not about Ronda bashing. And I know Ronda thought she should just stick with who brought her. But Ronda, if you look at the champions, if you look around, like GSP, yeah, everyone knows he's a TriStar guy. But don't forget those two years where he went to Jackson Winklejohn and upped his game and learned more stuff and brought Greg Jackson to the corner with him. Like when he came to the corner and he said, I hurt my groin. Greg Jackson was the one that looked GSP dead in the eyes and said, okay, then hit him with your groin. It was like the best moment in the corner ever. And it's only a guy like Greg Jackson that has that experience that can bring you to that other level because he's had a million champions. He's had a bunch of fighters. He's had a bunch of fights himself. <laughs> you know, he's got a gym full of guys that know what's up. It's pure experience. And wasn't there a Go dude see the guy like that? Wasn't there like one of the maybe even the fight pass prelims that was a Winklejaw and Jackson guy, and then the main event it's this fucking guy? Like seriously? Yeah, exactly. <sighs> and it's like dude. there's there's a reason why certain gyms succeed, and and you have to look at the gym mentality very carefully. Just like you got to look at AKA now too and say what's going on over there. You guys are training too hard. Even Khabib Nurmagomedov is saying it now that like. We can't be hurt every week, man. We got to change up something about how we spar or how many days of hard sparring we're doing. It's like, you know, Duke Rufus's camp needs to look at things too. Like they lost their heart a little bit with Pettis and some of these other guys and CM Punk. And it's like, it's affecting the mentality of the. What happened? Did we lose Dominic Cruz proving that, but. I'll, I'll get off of it anyway. We lost you. Not a great champion yet. Great fighter. We'll see if she can become a great champion. She still has a story that hasn't been written. I think Juliana Pena is bad news for Nunez. I think Pena is a good looking uh, champ for the UFC. So I think they're going to want to give her the. Makes sense. Now, Byron. Uh, I wanted to ask Byron if he saw the fight before this by any chance. No, why would you ask me that? God damn. Because it was, it was another title fight. And it was one of the best fights I've seen in a long time. 
The gift didn't come up. I didn't see it. Look, it was the rise of Cody Garbrandt. No love. The guy who looks like he's from 21 Pilots or something. He's got like oh, I thought you guys. And... I thought you guys were talking about Cody Rhodes in the DM. No, no. The whole time. God damn it. Um, Look at twos. And, and right before this fight, I'm sitting with my boys, Charlie and Will, and we were talking about the fights, and I was like, you know, everyone thinks Cody's going to come forward and stalk Dominic. The best thing he could possibly do is to back off of him and hold the middle of the ring and make Dominic come to him. If he does that, he might have a chance. And my boys are like, eh, that'd be a good strategy, but he'll never do it. And I was like, yeah, you're right. He won't do it. Guess what? He actually did it. And I swear to God, that's why he won. It wasn't what Dominic was expecting. And honestly, I think if Cody fights him again, he's going to have a way harder time. Yeah. I think he came at Dominic with a look that Dominic wasn't expecting. This is part of how you win fights. Uh, you know, this is part of what Conor McGregor's been doing to people. you catching them in ways that they're not expecting it. Cody did that to Dominic. He beat him with his own game. He sat back. He counterpunched at first. Then he, then he was ghost when Dominic was throwing heaters at him like when was you ever seen dominic throw a heater at somebody he was swinging for the moon yeah he it was he amazing was firing back and you know going into this fight i was definitely pro cruz because cruz is a smart man i admire his intelligence and his shit talking ability cody kind of sounds a little retarded when he talks so it's uh he'll tell you he's not that smart like he didn't learn how to yeah. read until the third grade he barely graduated high school the dude is just a fighter he's just a rough neck fighter dude from ohio and he will fuck up your shit and that's awesome and he's nice to kids with cancer so how can you not love this guy after that fight like i mean look and he won four in a row in 2016. Yeah, that's Most fighter of the year level stuff there. And I'll talk about that in a minute because I'll give you my pick for fighter of the year in a minute. But let's just say that Cody Nolove definitely in the running. Um, and this match definitely helped it out. I, I the, the, the title picture is all over the place afterwards. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But I got to talk about um, we talked about the fall of Ronda, the rise of Cody. So now we got to talk about the fat of Johnny Hendricks. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> he misses way. And Johnny's my boy. I mean, he was on the tap out show. He's one of the, the few guys that we've had become a UFC champion from that show. So I'm always in Johnny's corner. I always want to see him win. Um, he missed weight by a few pounds. Yeah. Came and in looking like Byron. Had a, yeah. I mean, he, he, he looked like crap coming into the ring. But at the same time, he went back to his wrestling. He was like, you know what? I just need a win. I got to keep going. I got to get going so I don't have to retire after this thing. Um, and I thought he was doing the right things. And these last minute, you know, submission attempts by Neil Magny lost him the fight. And I, I honestly, I had Johnny ahead on my scorecards. Maybe I'm biased. Some people said that they thought Neil won it, but I don't think that throwing your legs up for a half-ass triangle at the end of a round when yeah. some dude has been sitting on top of you and pounding you out for the whole round gets you the round. Now, I think that's bullshit, too, but I also had um, Roy Nelson ahead in the points because of uh, how Hendricks looked, so I, I might not be the best authority on that. <laughs> um, but, well, yeah. Uh, you know, look, the, the fatness is just out there, and, and Johnny Hendricks really is the next Roy. I don't know what Johnny does from here. I don't know if he quits and retires, if he's got enough money from his short championship. I don't think he should because I think he got fucked in that fight. Like, he shouldn't have lost that fight. He should fight again. But but is he really championship caliber anymore? I mean, I don't see him at the top of, of the 170 division anytime soon. I think he's got to go to 185 probably. 
um, and, and, and embrace the fat Hendricks thing, but I don't see him getting in, into the title picture that way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just too bad if that's the way he goes out. Cause he's a good dude. He's had some really exciting fights. It's like, ah, oh, man. Yeah. That would suck if it was, I, I know it's tough. And this is my boy. So I don't, I don't know what to make of it. Um, Anyway, so then, like, look, this Tony Khabib versus Dana thing. Tony and Khabib want to fight each other. Khabib has a contract that gets him more money. He says it's because he's got all of Russia that comes with him, which I'm sure helps a lot. I mean, he's got an entire market. He's got an entire country and a big one behind him. Whereas, yeah. all right, I'm going to mute Byron. He's over there throwing blow-up dolls around. Um, I thought we let Brandon back on the show for a second. Yeah, for <laughs> That was hilarious. He's just going to come on. Come on the show just watching some TV with some people in the background. That's cool. I see how it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, but so so Tony says, you know, I want more money. I want the same money that Khabib's getting for the fight. And Dana's like, well, that's not your contract, so you're not getting that. Like, And especially right now... I don't want to fight Khabib. Like, it's that ludicrous of a fucking request, really. I don't know that it's that he doesn't want to fight Khabib. I think he really does want the Khabib fight, but I think that he knows the Khabib fight is super dangerous and there's no telling what's on the other side of that. So he better renegotiate now while he can. <laughs> Tony's no fool. El Kukui wants to be a nightmare. He doesn't want to be a dead man. So um, he, he wants to renegotiate. So then Khabib says he'll give him 200K out of his own money to take the fight. And Tony says, no, 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 it's not about that because I want to extend my longevity through all of UFC. And Tony won't actually even directly engage Khabib now. So now they're in this big whole thing. Then Jose Aldo says he wants to fight Khabib. Dana says he wants Jose to fight Khabib. And Khabib says, why the hell do I want to fight Jose Aldo? (laughs) Which makes sense. It doesn't get him anything. The only thing that that could do for Khabib is make him look foolish if Jose somehow did pull out a win or leg kick him into oblivion. There's no game for Khabib to fight Jose. Um, So the whole thing's a mess. And then Cody Garbrandt is talking about wanting to fight Jose. Who's, you know, Jose wants to fight at 155. But wait, who did Cody? Cody told Dillashaw to come at him, motherfucker. No, he's backed off the Dillashaw thing now because Dillashaw but the, here's the, here's the reason why Dillashaw is the only fight left for him at 135. Mm. There's nothing else down there. So if he gets to Dillashaw immediately, it's better for him to go off on an escapade and try to be Connor or try to do something interesting or call out Jose or something. He's called C- Cody called out Connor, right? I, I he wants to fight Connor at 150 pounds or whatever. It's like, bro, you're a 135er. Please, you're pipe dreaming. Your best bet is to hope that DJ comes up to you and that you mm. can beat him down because you got some weight on him. But, like, he's calling out all these people, and the whole thing is muckety-mucked. And this is the byproduct of such a great year in MMA. A lot of divisions are cleaned out now, and, like, the one or two guys at the top of each division all kind of are jockeying to fight each other, and Connor's sitting on the sidelines for a while. I think the first half of 2017 is going to be a stinker because these fights can't get made. Right. And there's no one else in their divisions. You got poor Frankie Edgar, like, we don't want to see him fight Jose again. He's got nothing at 145 right now. And What's we don't he gonna have do fight Max Holloway. For we don't have any women's title matches that are enticing now either to carry well, the card. The, you got Holly Holm versus Jermaine Durand to me, which is like if Holly doesn't win that fight, she's done. That's gonna yeah. ruin her career. 
Um, but then who's she going to fight at 145 pounds while Cyborg is out, you know, doing her diuretics to clear out the steroids? Cyborg, <laughs> she popped hot again. Don't you have to work Cyborg, tomorrow I don't know. Morning? The whole thing's a hot mess. What time do you start work tomorrow, Byron? Eight. J-Mo -J clock. <laughs> Look at this. Any you guys classy as this? He looks yes. like I, I have a Bushmills tenure downstairs that I. He looks like the world's shittiest Jack Evans cosplayer right now. The way he's wearing his hat. Really, you need a You're good just stuck on the Slim Jim commercial. Um, <laughs> speaking of Slim Jim commercial, how did Jamin and Urban land that spot? <laughs> oh, I, I don't know, but they they look so much better than usual. I hardly and they made J-Man look like Jack Evans. It's kind of cool. I like that. I, I'm glad to finally see them getting their big push and that the Lucha Underground guys are really helping them like take it to the next level by putting them in that Slim Jim commercial. That's really awesome. I liked it. <laughs> I mean, I was they, watching uh, it on my phone. It was really small, so I couldn't really... They made Urban look like the guy who tries to sell me cologne at the mall. <laughs> that guy wears a mask the whole time? No, he had the right. mask. I got um, to give you my, my fight of the year. Um, yes, I don't, I don't know if you agree with these or not, Casey, but my my runner up is Korean Superboy and Cub Swanson. It was almost fight of the year, but it was only three rounds. Um, mm -hmm. Lighter weight class. But so good. Such a good fight. If you what haven't watched fight, that fight, man. watch that fight. Amazing. Byron. Yes. <laughs> I just saw Scott Norton throw cheeseburger out of the ring. And then a group of people just throw them back yes, in. Byron, the battle them. royal is awesome. <laughs> um, keep watching that. Keep watching that, though. It's good. Yeah, it was um, a gift. And then uh, Robbie Lawler versus Carlos Condit. That's my fight of the year. Go fight. And it was at the very beginning of the year. It lasted the entire year, which is an amazing feat. It did not leave my mind. It just was. And that was uh, Robbie Lawler. And now Lord these guys are nowhere to be found. Your fight of the year when that happened. What's that? Was Robbie Lawler and uh, Rory McDonald your fight of the year when that one happened? It was close, and that's a good fight too. But that's probably my number three. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. And and I just I love that fight. So my fighter of the year. I'll give it to you. I'll give you my top five fighters okay. of the year. In fifth place, Michael Bisping. Not because he's the best one out there, but because his story this year, the fact that he actually is wearing that belt and he beat Anderson Silva and he beat Luke Rockhold, like he has had the most amazing year. Um, it, it, and in, in a lot of other years would have easily been fighter of the year, but there's some other amazing stuff that happened this year. Um, my number four. I just want to get high five him for beating Luke Rockhold though. Like legit, like that's great. And called his shot, too, and, like, yeah. actually did it. Who yeah. thought that that was going to happen? I mean, I actually picked him to win that fight, but it was on a whim, and I thought I was crazy. <laughs> and anybody yeah. who picked him to win that fight would have been crazy. Um, my number four is actually Cowboy Cerrone. Mm -hmm. um, the loss to RDA was ridiculous and horrifying, but the move up to 170 and what he's been able to do up there and the fact that this guy keeps reinventing himself and keeps being – having never won a belt is amazing yeah. to me now and he's so entertaining and he's, he's never gonna get a belt with this union shit that he's trying to do but 
you know. Well, he backpedaled a little bit and him and Dana went and had dinner and he's kind of backed off of it, but we'll see where that goes. But at the same time, like his ability to reinvent himself and go out there and slug fest and fight like five times a year. Amazing yeah. to me. And the guy doesn't even need a belt. He will always be a draw. He can headline a card anytime he wants to. And that alone deserves to put him in the running for fighter of the year again. But he didn't get it. So far, everyone um, you're naming is someone that I would specifically buy a show to see fight. Um, so my number three is Stipe Miocic. I Fuck think yeah. that his title win is great. The reason why he's not higher is that he hasn't defended it again. If he had defended it another time this year, he, he could have easily been fighter of the year. Um, but we haven't seen enough of him the second half of the year. And rightfully so. He's taken a break. He took a lot of hard fights to get to the belt. Um, and he wanted these other guys to fight it out underneath, even though that Verdum Kane fight got pulled off the last card, which was it really actually hurt that card too. That fight, that card could have used that fight. Um, but anyway, so Steve is number Didn't three. Didn't he need surgery or something too? Didn't he have to go under? Yeah, the yeah, he had a few bangs, a couple of couple of tree dents that he needed to get fixed up. So, and in the heavyweight division, it's understandable. You're not going to see 15 title fights in a year for the heavyweight division. Um, so here's the tough one. So you, you know that the, the two names that are left out there. I said one of them earlier, Cody Garbrandt. And, of course, we haven't talked about the, the magnificent one, Mystic Mac. Um, I have Cody as the runner-up. Even with the so four number wins, one, even winning the belt, I'm giving fighter is, of the year to yeah, Conor McGregor. I got you. Diaz is number one. That's, that's a good choice. Not Diaz, Conor McGregor. I'm not. Even, I don't have. I don't have Diaz in the top five. Look, Diaz beat Conor McGregor, but here's the reason why. And and Dominic did this after the Cody Garbrandt fight too. When Conor lost, he did the right thing. He came out there to that press conference and he said, "I got beat. I got handled. I'm still a badass man, but I got handled." Dominic did the same thing. Dom, in fact, Dominic's post-fight speech puts him immediately in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. It immediately made him one of my favorite fighters of all time. His post-fight speech, he wouldn't even sit down. He was like, no, I'm going to stand up. I'm on my own two feet. What's a loss? I lost. I still get to do what I love. I love the fight. I fought good. That guy fought better. No excuses. You know, I'll, I'll figure it out, and I'll come back and do something else. That's the way you do it. Conor McGregor, he lost that fight, and he was like, man, I'm, I want the same weight class. I want the same guy. I want to go back to the drawing board, and I want to figure out how to beat him. He beat me fair and square. I want to figure out how to beat him. It's a small step off of my path, and then I'm going to go on to call my shots and do all this other ridiculous stuff and knock out Vinny Barbarino or whatever that guy's name was who used to have that 155 belt, um, Eddie something or other. And, and he did it. He did it. That's amazing. That's fighter of the year material. And the, the notoriety he's brought to the sport, he is now, hands down, the face of the sport, especially with what happened to Ronda Rousey. He's the name that everyone knows. He's the biggest draw out there. He is the future of the sport. And he can still lose, and it's not a problem. Who cares that he lost? The fight where he lost was huge, and it was huge because of him, as great as Nate is. Nate brought... 25% more to that fight, but 75% was already there because it was a Connor fight. You know, it was going to be Connor RDA, yeah. and that 75% was already there. I got to say, your criteria is sound, though, because if Cody loses, it's a lot more damaging than that loss was for Connor. Yeah, and that is also the sign of a great fighter, is you can take a loss and still turn it into more hype. Right. Right. Exposure, 
people were still betting for him, just like as much as before. He was still the favorite in the second fight, I believe. I mean, that's incredible. That's hard to do. Yeah. Um. All right. So that's 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 my fighter of the year. My female fighter of the year. I'll give you my top four. I think Juliana Pena is number four right now. Um, I got Michelle Watterson third. Even though she only had the one fight, it was a big moment to dethrone Paige like that. And Michelle's always been really, really good. And I think she immediately put herself up there. I'd like to see her versus Rose and then her versus Joanna um, or, or whoever wins between her and Rose versus Joanna would be awesome to me. Um, yeah. I think Nunez is number two. And I'm giving Joanna Jancic number one. Fucking right. Um, Fucking right. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. She's just amazing and she deserves it. All right, so Byron, yes, you yes. you had your hot take on Vampiro earlier. Casey, you got any hot takes? Because I got a hot take on on some of the Lucha stuff myself. Oh no, um, we don't have time to talk about it right now. So I just want to uh, I just want to, since we don't have time to talk about this, because we're going to talk about the Lucha thing. I just want to, uh, with no further comment or impressions, congratulate Paige and Alberto Del Rio on their engagement. I'm Again. glad for you. I'm I'm happy for them. Let's talk about Lucha Underground's thing. Congrats to Why did he buy her that ring of his brother in a cop station. Oh, and by the way, for the people who are asking, I know I told a couple of people we talk a little WWE. Well, I don't really have a ton of time for WWE, but I don't think La Luchadora is Mickey James, as has been reported. Um Oh I think it's I gotta see that. I don't think it's her. I think it's uh Diana Perrazzo. I, I think it's NWO Sting. When's the last time you saw him? Didn't so we'll see. like it would be cool for us, Mickey James, but I don't know. You want to um, you mean live? Live with yeah. Who's that show? Cooler is if it was sexy star, and then we never had to see her on Lucha Underground again. <laughs> it's not that I know. Hey, um, I know. Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett's going back to TNA. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think so. The, the TNA. The TNA is is officially bought now, right? Mm-hmm. Which, uh, well, they should like they they honestly they need Jeff Jarrett at this point and what he's done with Global Force they kind of need to merge it all up. Yeah, to me. <laughs> Did you, you guys watch Workaholics, right? I used to. D- does Global Force just totally remind you of the Gaylord's Force episode every time anyone says it? No. Oh, uh, I think you need to see that episode again. What's your hot take, Justin? I was trying to give you my hot take, but I started glitching. Can you hear me now? Oh, uh, yeah, we can hear you. Um, we need to get some doom and gloom up in here, Justin. Let's talk about this hiatus. Or am I just the only doom and gloom? Can, uh, I can say some things and I can't say other things. I don't want to get anybody in trouble, first of all. Let me start there. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. But I think there's some, some interesting beefs out there, and I don't entirely know what's going on. I'm trying to figure out this whole thing the hiatus the the filming in march the not airing again until 2018 if you haven't heard um and stop me if i'm glitching guys because i don't my internet reception is a little funky right now um so you know it was announced a few weeks ago or they're rumbling talent nothing has been officially announced from lucha underground by the way right it's you know rumblings from talent that um they were released to book stuff for the spring because Lucha wasn't going to tape until October and that new episodes weren't going to air until 2018. 
And then what was announced by Lucha Underground is all of a sudden there's going to be a hiatus in the show. And I don't even know how long it is. And I've been trying to figure it out through the program schedule and whatnot. We don't even know how long Lucha is going to be off the air or what the mid-season hiatus means. Um, so all these things kind of came up, you know, and when Eric Van Wagenen was last on our show and DJ as well, they were talking about, you know, wanting some changes at Lucha Underground and, you know, trying to do some bigger and better things for the next season and that they were about to head into meetings to start to try to iron all that stuff out and figure that out. And from what I can tell, those meetings happened um, and they did make some decisions and some of these things were the decisions. Um, I don't know whether the slowdown is because they wanted to make some changes at the actual temple in the physical setup. Uh, I've heard that that is part of the, the scenario that they want to actually physically change the temple. So, and it's probably torn down right now that other productions may be using it. But um, by the time, if they started it right now to get that done, it would be summer and they don't want to run in that building in the summer. We've always known that. No, so they've done it before and it fucking sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, an ED dub has told us that directly in person a million times. And so is talent. Like everyone says it all the time. Nobody wants to work in that building in the summer. But at the same time, if you're going to make major changes to it, there I, I don't know if this is the case, but maybe there's not enough time for them to make the changes and get out of that building before summer and actually shoot a season. So it might not be worth it. And if they have to tear down for other productions and they don't, I don't think they own the building. They still lease it out. No. no yeah. It's, so they have to find It's like a sound ahead, stage. Yeah. It's yeah. So they have to find the right time of year to do this, put the whole thing back up, get a long enough run out of it. They um, Del Ray wants the show off the air by any stretch of the imagination. I think it's cheap for them. It gets a good enough number. They probably as much shows they. What happened? Um, Am I gone? No, no I it's can... probably me. Oh yeah, you're good now though, Justin. Yeah. Like ten. So seconds. what I was, I was saying is is uh. I believe that there was probably a good reason for spacing this thing out. Um, and we don't know all the ins and outs of it, but let's just assume it was a good reason. There's a problem with this, however, though, which is a lot of the talent was expecting to be working at Lucha. A lot of talent that needs TV. Days. And there's some folks that sound a little heated and maybe rightfully so. Um, so, what do you do when you get in this kind of predicament where now you've got the happiest locker room in wrestling grumbling and nobody was expecting that. Oh, you guys, am I still there? You still yeah. with me? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the more that we talk about this, the more that we think about it to the worst thoughts I get about it. Does that make sense? Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm a, a glasses half empty kind of person. Maybe I remember TBS remembering how uh, TBS suddenly decided it was easier to play Seinfeld reruns than pay for a wrestling company. Yeah, but yeah. El Ray isn't going to do that for this one because they're in desperate need for original programming. I mean, they are, but... Are they like all the, yes. all the I think so? Man. All these upstart networks start off with a shitload of original programming, and then they end up being the network that just plays cheater reruns for three hours a day. But El Ray's not the well. I think I think um, with all the stuff Justin's saying, 
I think that Lucha realized they needed a bigger hiatus to get all their stuff figured out. And it's going to shortchange some people. And it's up to, you know, at, at some point, Lucha is going to have their act together and go full speed and give it a go. And whoever's still there will still be there. But, but I got to say, like, you know, this is this is the lowest I think I've seen morale overall for the company. And I hope they find a solution to it, to it. Like either going out on tour and trying to get some more tour dates, though, I think that's probably a hot mess too between who's going to pay for it and how they're going to do that and how they set it up. Because um, getting started touring is expensive. And if the LLC doesn't want to pay yeah. for it, MGM going to pay for it, the network's not going to pay for it, they don't get a show out of it. So who pays, who pays <laughs> to go on tour and keep the talent happy and get the product exposure and this is where not having a Vince McMahon kind of hurts you because for Vince, it's like the whole product touring and t-shirts and everything is the bottom line for this. You've got separate entities that all have separate portions of it. So it doesn't necessarily make sense. I mean, to me, the LLC should be paying for it, but yeah. then who's running the touring shows is EV dub running them is DJ running them. Like DJ probably doesn't care. He just wants to write his TV show. And that's, and that's what he should want to do. Yeah. I don't know. So it's you know, like, that's, big solution to me is you've got to go on tour. That's the only solution to keeping the locker room happy. If not, it means you're going to have to wait and hope to God everybody is intact and everything stays intact. And then once you get the locker room back together, start making people happy again. I agree. There's a few things that don't sit well with me. And one of them was um, somebody on Twitter asking DJ how long the hiatus was going to be. And his response being, you should ask the El Rey network that. I don't think that's good. Um, the other thing is if I was a certain someone that may or may not be on my way out of the company after the season airs, I'm really fucking pissed right now. Uh, I know that that person's got other commitments outside of the country to make up for this, but if that was the plan for this person, they're kind of fucked a little bit more than they were before. What about the guys that, you know, have been, been working and trying to build it up to get to their TV time. And now their yeah. TV time is an entire year later. I mean, right. talk about trying to get yourself over and up your indie booking fees and whatnot. How do you, how do you do it now? There, yeah. There's right. a lot of guys like, who shit for Fox and fucking Sammy dude, like fucking Fox and Sammy have what? Like three televised matches each. If that, and, there are dope fucking matches coming up and no one's going to see them until after this hiatus is fucking over. Well, the, the, the roster takes a lot of pride in wearing that Lucha Underground logo when they wear the hoodies and this and that. Um, and it really, it, it's really, I think, you know, they work for a lot of different companies, but you see like a guy like Joey Ryan do his, uh, his, airplane selfie that he always does and he's wearing the lucha underground sweatshirt you see the um stardom girls one of them does a gym selfie and she's wearing lucha underground like it's a thing where everyone is proud to be a lucha underground luchador or star yeah i mean you know? you've got guys like kevin cross who are signed to lucha underground who haven't even appeared yet and but his banner on his twitter has him in a lucha jacket he's proud of it he's proud that he's going to be coming in he's not even there yet yeah and when you're taping shows while shows are airing or when shows are airing you're a lucha underground person guy or or girl but when they have the hiatus they're not running shows what are you you're not at the end of the day when you're not getting the paycheck from the company when you're not full-time with them like you are with wwe are you really that brand 
and they they've seen now what happened to Hernandez trying to get out between seasons. And yeah, I mean, I, and I hope that that doesn't happen. I hope that that doesn't happen. I mean, I mean, I even look at the AAA guys like, dang, now they got to go back down south and and beg for their paychecks and hope that they're getting paid when they go do shows down there. I mean, they're they're not out of it either. I'm sure that they were all looking forward to getting back up here and spending spring, you know, in LA and doing the shows for Lucha and getting their exposure up in the states too. I mean, just because they're signed AAA talent doesn't mean that they have it any better than these indie guys either. Yeah, you know, they got to go back and bow down to AAA for a paycheck for another year. It's almost. I know like- that AAA was cool. The Pentagon, though, saying when he said he wanted to make U.S. dates just indie dates his priority, they were cool with letting him do that. So maybe they'll let these guys do that as well. Well, they're not. I don't know. From from everything I've heard, like people have have implied that they think something is going on with Phoenix uh, or with Pentagon because of what happened with Phoenix and whatnot. From what I understand, right. that is absolutely not true. Pentagon is square with everybody he's good with aaw he's good over in europe he's trying to get some japanese stuff going on and everybody's good with him he's got no qualms with triple a he's making the dates yeah. asking him for he's getting his rematch with mundo for the belt mm-hmm. in triple a so yeah oh, lucha God. underground is treating him right you know as far as anybody knows so if there's anyone out there spreading rumors as far as i can tell and from everyone i've talked to they're completely unfounded and Pentagon is the one dude in this whole situation that seems to be fine. Rey Mysterio yeah. is also fine. He's on a different contract than everyone else. They find extra stuff for him to do. Yeah. Mundo's got sponsorships and stuff going on, and he doesn't even want to take a lot of dates anyway, I don't think. Um, so I think he's fine and has <laughs> acting yeah. classes and up his game levels. Um, it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, it's just We'll see what where everyone lands at the end of it. Yeah, the guys you wonder about are like Cobb and and you know Macias and these guys and and what they're going to be doing and AR and um, Killshot and how how it plays for those guys, especially the ones who are in a gimmick in Lucha. And it's hard enough to get the exposure because when they're doing the indies, they're not in their gimmicks. Like Luchasaurus actually doing a spot as Luchasaurus. Yeah, that's yeah. stupid. You know, I got to say, though, I just hope that whatever happens, they're better at communicating with... See, I was going to say the fans and the talent, but they don't know the fans anything. They can communicate whatever the fuck they want. But I hope that they communicate with the talent better what's going on than what happened between season one and season two. Well, I, I think that's part of the problem. I think that the space here is an issue. I think right. it's really an issue. This, this space there's between five months of TV left. Four or five months of TV in the can that's not airing right now. Like, that's fucked up. I don't know if it's four or five yeah, months. Yeah, that's, and that's problematic. It's 20 episodes, Byron. Mm. That's... But they can also double shot them. No. Sorry, I'm glitching again. Dude, you know what? If they start double-shotting them, that means they're canceling the show. They're, that's a bad sign. If we see that happen, I'm calling it now. The show's fucking canceled. I don't see. I don't see El Rey canceling it. And, and and you know the other the other hypothetical thing that someone brought up to me is, what if we're waiting on the Netflix deal? Yeah. What if that's part of the holdup? If they if they're doing the Netflix deal and there's something there where Netflix wants to dump a certain amount in at one time. Um, because we heard tale of the Netflix deal, then we heard that there might be a Hulu deal, and then I think we asked EBW about it, and he didn't confirm or deny at all. 
Well, Justin, um, what do you think if there's a Netflix deal? Do you think that part of that is going to be a, a pause or a hold on new content on TV? So if you sign Netflix, you say, well, okay, now you can't start the new season until we make enough money showing the old episodes. That could be part of it is that they want enough time to drop it in the pipeline. Um, but the way that Netflix works is they, they're very agreeable. And man, they'll throw money at content. Yeah. Um, so if they believe in the content, the, the problem with Netflix, I believe, is they have said that you know live sporting stuff doesn't work for them. Lucha Underground, however, might be the perfect fit for that arena, but it's also an arena they've kind of written off because it's not a live sporting event. It is still a TV show. They get seasons out of it. They can. It's a very binge watchable show. It'd be. It's perfect for binge watching, um, which is what they like. You know, the storylines continue and loop over, and you want to see three or four episodes at a time. Um, and I think wrestling fans that aren't watching the product right now would eat it up on Netflix. Um, and, and back in the day, they did. They had a good run with WWE old content. They took a lot of video library stuff from WWE back yeah. in the day before network. <laughs> and Netflix had a good run with it. Those people don't work at Netflix anymore, though. So the question is, do they see the benefit there better? But they've already got WWE stuff. And so TNA. Yeah, so there might be a conflict there, and there might not be reasons for them to pay the money uh, that Lucha it's should Amazon get too, but Amazon won't do it. They think, they won't. Yeah, I don't think so either. And I, th oh I think God. part of the problem is with a network as young as El Rey, they have to monetize the back end really, really well for El Rey Network to to have it be worth it for them to do it and not hoard the content themselves. Even though it, it could give them a nice boost in ratings and bring more eyeballs and understanding to the network. And Dust Till Dawn is on Netflix. You can watch yeah. all three current seasons. You can watch it up to the very last episode that's aired on El Rey already. The third season was on Netflix, I think, four, three or four weeks after the finale. Yeah, it was, it was super fast. And it's uncensored, too, on Netflix. So yeah. you're getting a better version than is on El Rey. Well, on Sling, each episode for a while, there was two versions of it. The late night episode, the after 10. Yeah. The early version. Yeah, you know my shitty work schedule. I'm the early version of everything. Yeah, which stinks, dude. <laughs> always always go back and watch it later with the uncut versions. Um, anyway, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's a hot take. I don't know what I'm shooting on. You know, there's information. I'm hearing stuff from lots of people, different things, um, all sorts of sources coming from different places. And believe me, people are hitting me up, telling me about gripes and grumbles and this, that, and the other thing. So I don't know what to make of it, to tell you the truth. All I gotta really say is that I hope something good comes from it because everything we're seeing fucking sucks all around. Like it just sucks for everybody. So maybe it does, but maybe it doesn't. I mean, maybe maybe you just gotta get through it. You know? Yeah, I th I agree with you. I think Lucha Underground when it comes back, it's going to be set up to operate how it's supposed to be operated. And everyone's going to be happy once it's going and they're doing the shows again. Um, but but it is tough right now. It's tough right now. The white boy champion, you got talent that's not working. You got fans yeah. who were clamoring to get back in the temple, not getting in. But, you know, and, and we were among them, fans who were also a little ticked about, you know, 
tickets and this, that, and the other thing, you know, and, and the, they've been teasing, maybe charging for tickets next season. I don't know. They have some things that they might want to fix in that department. And how do you do it? You know, they're not, they don't need to just stack the crowd like a, like a TV show taping anymore. It's an actual yeah. event that people want to go to and people are paying, you know, ridiculous sums of money for PWG just up the street from me. Right. Right. And you know what? A lot of people are going to get mad, but I got to reiterate again, they do not owe the fans anything. They're giving us a free product that we enjoy. But yeah. well, and what if they do start charging for it? Is that going to be a problem? I mean, it, it might change the demographic of who's at the temple. It's only I mean, a problem if they can't sell the temple out for the, for the tapings. Which they probably will because they already have a million fucking people trying to get in that can't. So it's yeah, like, but if they yeah. stack them close and they make the temple bigger, you gotta wonder. It's like a lot of those guys who come to every single taping. Do you imagine they're gonna if if tickets are sixty bucks a time a pop? Well, they're the gonna come to about, we're talking about taping? people that drop three hundred bucks on masks regularly. You know what I mean? Like, but you also it, you also look yeah. at it like uh, when they get to the other side of things and they have it figured out, and if they're charging or whatever. Is there are will there be will there be the people making the show? Will there be the wrestlers who will show up and and work for the company? And, and will there be fans? And I think the answers are yes to all of those. Um, but are they going to be the same? I don't we think don't they will. Know. Everyone has to make their own decision on what's best for their own interests. And that's and what I'm know. saying is different. That's what has yeah. changed. When you had a very very. <laughs> unified locker room in the past, regardless of people having different deals or coming from different promotions or, or having different levels of exposure, you had a very unified locker room. And what I'm hearing right now is people are finally saying, well, shit, how do I do this for me? Whether it be fans that want to go to the shows, whether it be the writing staff, whether it be the LLC trying to figure out t-shirt sales, whether it be the workers trying to figure out contracts and whether or not they see themselves going to WWE or if Lucha Underground is the final place that they want to be, you know, because a year ago, I'm here to tell you, like most of the, the, the workers in Lucha Underground were like, I don't give a shit about WWE. I don't care about going to that show. It stinks. This is a better show. These are nicer people. I like this locker room. I'm getting a good deal. Like, I feel good about it. Tapings are coming. Seasons are getting renewed. I'm all good about it. I'm here to tell you now, there's cats out there like, what's up, WWE? How do I get over there? I heard you guys are opening up more divisions. There's things going on, like, and they don't care if it's a shittier product. They want a better life for themselves and more exposure and exposure in a timely fashion while they're yeah. young and while they can work. And a regular paycheck and not having the scramble for spring dates because you find out that you're not getting spring dates in fucking January when the shows are already yeah. all booked. So it's, don't get me wrong, though. I th see, I, and I also think a lot of that's initial reaction. I think a lot of this talent, they're already they're already picking up bookings. I'm I'm I can see them. I see their bookings are already happening. They're already filling those dates. It wasn't nearly as big an issue for most of those people as they made it out to be. And honestly, because they're lucha talent, they're getting good rates. They they're able to book themselves. It's just like they weren't expecting to have to. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And. But, Ah, uh, man, I don't know. And plus, like, the wounds were still fresh, you know, and they still kind of are because the, the finale hasn't even happened yet. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and we still don't know how long the break's going to be. 
No, and that is a big part of it. We don't know how long the break's going to be. Because literally, anybody has inside info them. on how long the break's going to be. If you're talent, or if you work at Lucha, or if you just want to give us some goods, DM me and tell me how long the hiatus is going to be. I will not say, I promise, but I'm very curious. There's a lot of stuff, by the way, tonight that I have not said that I won't yeah. say because people have asked me not to say, so I won't say it. Yeah. But, and um, I want people to not tell me shit because I will not fucking keep it quiet. I got fucking Dave Meltzer on speed dial. I've got <laughs> fucking uh, guys. No, not really. Guys. Uh, but don't what? tell me anything anyway. Cause guys, I, guess you just showed up at NXT and got in the face of Shinsuke Nakamura. Who, here's, who? A, here's a hint. He's fat. Johnny Hendricks. Yeah, I was just going to say the same thing. Shit. Cassius Ono. What? Cassius Ono is in an NXT ring, stretching out a suit, talking to Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, that's great. Are you sure he's not just Chris Hero? No, he's using Cassius Ono. Seriously? So they're going to have two KOs running around? Yeah. Wow. Looks like Interesting. it. <laughs> it happened. Just, well, anyways. I just I don't have anything else. We have Byron's hot take on Vampiro. We have my hot take on whatever's going on with this hiatus. Casey is uh, a living hot take. Anybody yeah. else got hot takes or anything? Or are we done with this thing? Uh, again, congrats on the uh, engagement to Alberta Del Rio and Paige. I have no jokes. Not there. I ran out of jokes last time. Like, like legit. Like, I fought a ninja turtle last time. You can't top that. No, he did. I know. I know. He and his brother beat some people up, got arrested, and then he beat his brother up. So in jail, station beat his brother up while in jail, and that's still not as funny as getting in a fight with a fucking ninja turtle. Blood. I think, I think that his brother told him and asked him why he bought that ring for Paige. He was probably like, "Why did you spend all that money on that crackhead?" It's probably fake. But anyway, he busted out. They they tried to um whatever zip tie cuff him and Del Rio and his steroid arms busted out. Hercules, 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 Hercules. Oh man, that that right. is that is pretty dope. But it would have been better if it was the Ninja Turtles that put him in prison, like <laughs> they would a uh, a subway attacker or a member of the Foot Clan. But when they're the humans and not the robots, unlike the cartoon. So you got your mug, you know, Casey. You can fuck up a robot. These, uh, <laughs> not these shirts, but the new new edition of this shirt is coming. Um, I think most people will get them this weekend or early next week. So yeah, I didn't get the shirt yet. I got the coffee mug, but I did not get my shirt yet because it's a different printing process, obviously. But yeah, yeah, my coffee mug. I think my tracking said it comes tomorrow. Um, so, but look for your shirts, folks, if you ordered them and. Probably display them and tweet us. We'll retweet it. We'll shout you on the show because um, I want to see um, what they look like on you folks. And uh, yeah, I don't have anything else. You got anything else, Byron? Let's keep uh, it. I apologize for Brandon. It was Everyone apologizes for Brandon. Thanks for stopping by, Brandon. Brandon was excited to talk some 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 uh, New Japan. So I was like, oh yeah, let's have Brandon on. Let him talk some New Japan. Love it. Uh, I'm really bummed you spoiled that whole episode of Shameless. Yeah, really. And if anybody else wants to come on the show, hit us up. Hit us in the DM. Send us an email at mmmshow75 at gmail.com. But only people um, that make our ratings go up. Or people that annoy Casey. 
Well, that's that's usually my criteria for guests. It's like fucking um, everyone except Jim, dude. What the fuck? We we are gonna need some guests too because we don't know how long this hiatus is, so we're not gonna have uh, the show to talk about. So we'll oh, need some. Oh, dude, guests. yeah. So we should tell our viewers how um it's gonna be half He Man, half MMA, right? Like we decided on that. We do right. uh and you know web's money show. What? We could call it the um the musclore mats and mayhem because in France he man is musclore. <laughs> telling you, dude, celebrity apprentice, bachelor, and he man. I don't want to steal a hills gimmick. Okay, how, fine. How about? Why not? Everyone else does. It's true they do. How about the wall? How about the wall, he man? And all my all my analysis on the wall is just gonna be be me imitating Hulk Hogan saying that's the wall, brother. And uh, wait, what's wrong with stealing? What's wrong with just print do a podcast that the heels do a podcast about? Oh, we did steal that whole thing. Prince too. We love EB Dub. How about we do? Okay, wait. I, I'm just in on the He-Man thing. Like, maybe we could talk about, like, some G.I. Joe once in a while. And uh, how, like... I'm down with G.I. Joe. Yeah. As long as we're not talking, like, Channing, Channing Tatum, G.I. Joe. No, no. But I got to legit say, G.I. Joe may be the one thing that ninjas ruined. Because the they made too many ninjas in the comics, and it just fucking ruined everything. But, you know... Storm yeah. Shadow's dope. Storm Shadow is dope. Original Snake Eyes story, Snake Eyes versus Storm Shadow story, issue 27 and 28, I believe. That's worth it. Fucking anyway. Spartan, he's a shit. You know? Yeah. All right. For Byron Fever, for at Lucha Gringo, for anyone who is sitting at the temple, big shout outs to everyone who, you know, likes the stuff that we like and Big thumbs down, screw you, get lost to people who don't. If you don't like what we like, then don't listen to us. You're stupid for getting this far into the podcast anyway. Yeah, um, and we don't say goodbye. We say good journey. That's a reference to the He-Man movie. <laughs> we love you all. Oh, who's going to join the call at the <laughs> end? Oh, are you watching Shameless too, Dude, I'm <laughs> watching y'all. And every, all I heard was somebody stealing my gimmick. Then Justin tried to hurry up and get away before I talked about bondage. Yeah, Bunny. Urban. Um, Byron tucked his dick between his legs and was doing the uh, the Buffalo I'd, Bill. Thing. I'd fuck me. <laughs> You're horrible, horrible, fucking horrible. Hey, Urban. I, I just to wanted to say I really loved your Slim Jim commercial. I thought you guys were great in that. I know, right? <laughs> they totally ripped us off. Woo! We, ac we actually talked about that on a podcast episode once. I'll have to go find it to prove it, and then maybe I'll get paid. That's what you should do, dude. You should. Um, we should have you on, and you should have like a really loud TV show in the background, so it keeps switching to your camera even when other people are talking. And um, <laughs> yeah, it would be pretty great. Uh, but oh, yeah, man. dude, um, that commercial did look like you guys. I know, I know, sold it to you guys like for the last few days. But I do think that those guys kind of look like 
the Glendale version of the last real heels. They definitely look better. The, the The guy playing me was he looked a lot better than me. I he was, wore uh, a mask the whole time. I was exactly. telling him. I was telling <laughs> the guy they got to play you looks like the guy that tries to sell me cologne at the mall. <laughs> oh, shit. Hey, Urban, did you know Chris Hero's officially back in NXT? I I just saw that on uh, the Twitter something it, uh, that aired it, January twenty fifth. Did Shinsuke just straight up motorboat him when he got in his face? I don't I know. Somebody was to... touching a belt. I remember. I was looking at the picture. Hero was touching him. the belt, and uh, it didn't look good. He looked uh, – well, I mean, it looked good. I'm, I'm always excited to see Chris Hero wrestle. That motherfucker's great. He's yeah. awesome. We, like, hit elbows with him and shit. Remember, Byron? <laughs> yeah, dude. Chris Hero's the man. We did the forearm bump. Every time he came to the ring at PWG Bola 2015. Remember when that hipster dude booed him and Hero just stood over him and shoved his dick in his face? That was that great. That was awesome. I was Martin, at a wrestling show one time. For Bola this year? I want to see this year's Bola. I don't have him yet. I never ordered it. Oh, what? you suck. Oh, I, I totally thought you pre-ordered that shit, Byron. I didn't. You, you I invited us all busy. to come to your house and watch it. I was, yeah, I you invited us for a viewing party at your house. Then I, I would have had him. Own. I would have had him. But oh, you guys really? said no. He said we would watch Bola and we would watch the He-Man movie, which I would supply because I own oh, that. Shit, show. Urban's face. Urban oh, talk. shit. I thought, no, dude. Uh, I thought Charles Manson was dying. I came back to life, took over another vessel. Urban, uh, what do you feel? About I wanted to say something about Justin and earlier and talking about all the Lucha stuff. And uh, I agree with you, Justin. I think there's too many. Uh, this is probably a really insensitive remark. And I apologize if it seems racist, but there's too many Indians, not enough chiefs. And uh, that's a knock on the indigenous people of the uh, you know, North American continent. But Sorry, it's the only way I could say it. Hey, Urban, have you ever heard of the Aum Shinrikyo cult in Japan? Because right now you look exactly like the leader of the cult. Uh, I'll sound, find, a <laughs> find a picture. I was also at uh, Wrestle Kingdom 11 in Okada's Corner. <laughs> yeah, make uh, I did see that. <laughs> I did. I did see your doppelganger there. What was up with that? Because I hated how he didn't have dinosaurs, and it pissed me off, and it ruined. Okay. Uh. Oh yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> have you uh, have you authorized any subway nerve gas attacks recently, Urban? Oh, Take it easy. Take it easy. Uh, no. Back to back to Urban's real no point. Um, yeah, you think that's what it is? You think that. And it's unfortunate because I feel like there's dudes who are trying to be chiefs in that situation, one in particular, but I feel like they just don't have the pull financially in the situation to make the things happen that they want to happen. I think if you would just let creative do what they need to do, it would be a lot better off. <laughs> so, and I think and like the hostility. Right? Yeah. And hire the heels. And, uh, of course, uh, I think, uh, I think any hostility that you might sense or like uh, doom you might sense from like DJ's tweets. He, he's not, he's like low on the food chain, man. When it comes to all those people, I don't think 
he's just telling you how it is. You gotta you gotta ask Elray. They're the ones running the fucking show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it'll be interesting. Like I hope one of them writes a book about this period because I think that there's probably some epic stuff going on that we will never get a straight answer about in the next couple of years. Oh, and there's gonna be probably some dope, there's some dope poop stories in there because I've heard some poop stories, bro. For Lucha related, it's wrestling. There's always, there's, there's always no, poop no. stories. No, no, Lucha Underground poop stories. There's poop stories. Did well, I never tell you guys I'll, the poop stories? Tell us a poop story. Yeah, oh, for real. Like, I wasn't ready to get God. out of here, but if you got poop stories, dude, let's go. Okay, yeah. so... Well, just, uh, are they only... The- <laughs> you, guys, you guys know my friend Kevin, right? Like, animator Kevin came to some shows. Yeah, Urban, I think you met him at Ultima Lucha. Actually, he had one of the Pentagon signs with us, but um, he would wear his uh, his Lucha Underground shirts to his job uh, at Halloween Town in Burbank. And uh, somebody who used to work on the show saw him wear the shirt and said, or or it was a friend of somebody that worked on the show or something. But they're like, dude. It sucked working on that show because people were shitting on the floor and I would have to clean it up. And um, that's not really what was happening, I don't think. I think what was happening is that people were using putting used toilet paper on the floor because that happens in Mexico. That's a right? cultural thing, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's what was really happening because I've actually heard that version of the story somewhere else, but I just had to tell the poop story. It wasn't a very exciting poop story, but it was a story with poop. So I felt like I had to tell it. Can you tell an exciting one poop story I have? For that? Yeah, I do. I can. I can, talk, tell, I you about, I can tell you about... You want, a, you want an exciting poop story? I heard they what? got a six-foot-ten piece of shit to play a snake. How about that? <laughs> Eat a Snickers. You're smangry. <laughs> yeah, really. You are mad smangry. <laughs> I didn't eat dinner yet. We've been doing this shit since five o'clock. I'm so Me hungry. Too. Right. I am too. All right. Well, I'm out of here then. Later. But first, the poop yeah. story. We were walking down Skid Row, and we were like, I guess we got two like two streets off, maybe two blocks away or something. And uh, we're just walking down the the fucking street in L.A. And I look down and there's just, oh, there's a, there's a fucking human turd just right there in the fucking street, right Fuck next yeah, to some bro. big tree. I was like, As that is, that's just something you, I've never seen before. And it, it just kind of blew my mind. And I was like, that's when I realized. Did you get all pink flamingos with it? Oh my God. I had, I got out of there quick. Somebody sent me a bowel movement. <laughs> no, uh, I was not going to pick it up and eat it. No. <laughs> or something. Well, that's. That's uh, John Waters, isn't it? I was in the yeah. wrong, wrong thing. <laughs> Shit. Dude, Urban, um, that, it used to be more common here. Uh, like Hollywood Boulevard, you would see that shit all the time. I remember I was a little kid and my dad took uh. me to Hollywood. I was like six, seven years old. Saw a dude with his pants down just fucking pissing and walking at the same time. It was amazing. That's, yeah, that's a that skill. Takes talent. And that was oh, on, that like, people's stars and shit, you know? There's so many muscles down there that would be impossible for me. <laughs> I wouldn't get my shoes really <laughs> messed up. I would just be dragging all over myself, I think. <laughs> that, all right, well, yeah. we've completely degenerated. 
I was going to end this yeah. show like 20 minutes ago. I have no clue Urban. where what happened. Yeah, all I know is Urban comes on and we just start talking about piss and shit all night. Like, I, I, don't, know. I don't know. Urban, you totally just railroaded our fine arts podcast. What is your I, show? I do. Aren't you some kind of cameraman? What are you filming over there? I'm looking for something. Urban, I just, all I have to say to you is. With your camera? Hey, wait. Stay in the mix. Wild. God. God. Good journey. Good journey, people. Good journey. <laughs> Here's how we're going to do this. We're going to mute this. We're mute this. Mute this. All right, y'all. Thanks for stopping by. Um, it's been real. It's been real something. We talked about Wrestle Kingdom and WWE and Lucha Underground and UFC and all sorts of stuff. And I love those guys. Thanks for Urban stopping by. Thanks to Brandon for stopping by. Thanks for Casey for coming back, doing his own show. Thanks to Byron for having bad camera angles. Um, I'm the outlaw LA Red. And until next time, stay calm and stay in the mix. Stay in the mix.